What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again. We had a little break. Um, this is going to be a different intro, guys. Um, as always, I'm with my resident homies, Joel, Joseph, and Casey. What's going on? I'm Anthony. And today we have a great, gigantic guest that we are so happy to have on, George Clias. What's going on, George? What's going on, guys? Very Thank nice you. to be here. How's it going? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for for giving us your time. I, I, you know, we getting this together at the last minute. Uh, well, it wasn't last minute, but for you, it was a schedule thing, and and it's yeah. totally fine. We're we're here, and I love that we made it happen. Um, but today, I get like I said, this is going to be a different intro, guys. Um, so you guys obviously know that we took a little bit of a break from the show. And you probably already know why, um, dude, I'm already, I'm already feeling it. Um, we, we lost a good friend guys and, um, God damn it. Can't even start. <laughs> That's all good, man. You're doing good. Um, Joel and Casey were very, very close with him. I was I was close with him, but you guys definitely had a bigger um, connection, and it's it's a big gaping wound that the metal community took, you know. And yeah, fuck, I thought this was gonna happen later on in my my. <laughs> God damn it! Um, That's good. But yeah, dude, he's a, a he was a big force for a lot of us and um it sucks you know that that um we all didn't know that that something like that was was tormenting a human being that that we looked at as a great dude you know and um yeah I, I'm I'm not prepared for this at all. I wasn't prepared for it, and we yeah. we um, we were feeling it, guys. And um, but that's okay because um, we still got to move on. You know, like the metal metal still needs to move on. And I like I said, it's a gigantic um, gaping wound that we have right now that's festering but it's a wound that will heal and um you know the first time i ever met trev in person um he really was that force that i'm talking about like walked up to me and gave me a gigantic sweaty hug after a black dahlia show and i accepted that sweaty hug and I loved it, you know, and that, that night was, and I've seen him multiple times after that too, but it's like, that was like one of those moments where you're, you're like, we're all human. We're all human. Yeah. No matter how big this person is in the eyes of the metal community, like he's just a human. And unfortunately what comes with just being human is, is the, uh, darkness and the, the things that that we all try and hide from you know uh society we all try and act like 
shit's all good. And, and the good, and, and so if that's the thing with all humans, you know, um, for a guy like Trevor to hide it that well and only give you what he wanted to give you, which is positivity, happiness, friendship, you know, like those were, those were the parts of him that he chose to give us when we saw him. And, and so much as to be a person that we had no idea, you know, we, we got all the best parts of that man. Everybody who came across him, he only would, would give you the best parts of him. And I, I want to thank Trevor for all, I mean, just the, the vast amount of people that had so many similar stories about him comparing my stories to them. And you just realize overall that dude just wanted to give all he wanted to do was give. And unfortunately certain people who give, 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 give there ended up, they end up empty, you know? And I, 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 I really wasn't preparing to go this far into this. I know you guys might have something to say. And all I want to say is that like Trevor showed me what it was to be a front man, what it was to be a writer and what it was to be a friend. All of that. He was, he was the full package, dude. And, and I'm glad that I got to experience you know, the handful of times of that, that guy with me and him, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to end this rant other than yeah, yeah. I love him and I love you guys. And also all your, all your, your, in your community, in your, your friend base, all that stuff, check on your people, guys, just check on your people, show them that you're there, you know, because, people want that but they're not going to ask for it and they're going to end up falling down this you know hole thinking that nobody is there for them when they do have people that are there for them and and but they just need to be reminded so remind your friends and your family that you're there for them guys that's really all you need to do and and be available actually be available if you get a f call from your friend at a random time, don't send it to voicemail. Random times mean they need somebody at that time, you know? So, I, hey, I love all of you guys. I love my resident homies. Um, I love George Colias. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love everybody, and I want everybody to know that there are people out there for you. You just... And also those people need to speak up and say, Hey, I'm here for you. Oh yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Thanks, I mean, guys. damn. I mean, we basically kind of like right before the episode started, you said we we're going to go into this. I was like, fuck, I've been kind of mentally through the ringer the last, I mean, I basically found, you know, the news out and then I got COVID the next day pretty much. <laughs> like, so yeah. I was like, you know, it was just, Mentally, I was just in this, you know, such a funk and not understanding. And I mean, 
yeah, he like you said, he, he pretty much touched on everything. I would, you know, because I've known him for a long time, been pretty close. I talked to him recently. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, no idea, you know. It's like Robin Robin Williams or something. You know, you have no idea that these people they're like the nicest, funnest, coolest. You know, like they're putting, you know, making everyone feel good around them. And but uh, it's the classic what what me and you had spoken about and Casey too. The sad yeah. clown. It's a classic sad clown situation, dude. And he's been, yeah. I mean, I know he's been dealing with uh, depression and stuff for a lot of, you know, the last few years and stuff. And was even trying like ketamine therapy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, he knew, I mean, he, he was there. It was, it was hovering over him, the, you know, what was, it just kind of, I didn't know how serious it was. And, you know, and it's just, like you said, he was very inclusive to everyone. Like, like uh, that show that I went to the day of uh, finding out um i fucking forget his name but the guy from after the burial singer we've toured with him but uh he did a cool speech about like how trevor would be very inclusive to fans and bring them into their circle and be like what's up come on in like let's hang out you know he was one of those guys that uh yeah he you thought of him as like dude he's in a humongous band he's you know he's famous or something but to him he's like no i'm a fan of i'm just a fan here to like watch the music too you know super and, uh, fan yeah yeah that's kind of like the vibe he always had was just he wasn't in it for like to show off or any, he just liked the music. He wanted to be there for the music and hang out with people and meet people. That's all he wanted to do. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, check on your friends. I mean, you never know, never know what anyone's going through. And, and, and yeah, if you're feeling those thoughts too, just, you know, open up and don't let it get it, don't let it spiral because it can mm -hmm. go, you know, um, especially with like if you're going through stuff like that and you start mixing alcohol or something like that, you know, like, you know, on the Chris Cornells and stuff like that. Like, you know, they're they're they were normal that day and then they got drunk or something and then something those emotional hit them and then they took it way too far. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's alcohol and mixture with depression is kind of like a it's a oil and water. Double you know? whammy. It's a double yeah, whammy, yeah. dude. But anyways, yeah. I'm always miss that guy. And then it's very cool to see the metal community come together and how much he touched everyone. Like, you know, like from people that are not even in bands just going to shows their whole lives they're, there's they have a billion pictures with them the people that are in bands that tour with them have a billion pictures with them he's always smiling he's always cool he was never too famous for anyone and yeah uh let's i just yeah i wasn't expecting talking about this so i'm just kind of like fuck you know but yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we, but yeah like, we'll I, like we said before this dude we can't not say something you know he's been well, a guest yeah, on the yeah. show he's a, a, a great friend and um yeah it would be weird if we didn't address it I mean, the yep. second tour we ever did with decrepit uh yeah was with joel on bass and we yep. toured with black dahlia and that was a big thing for us it was just so huge all the shows and we had just never been in involved in anything quite like that and we were pretty nervous and and all that and trevor was just like the nicest most welcoming dude the whole time and i remember kind of walking off stage and i'd walk around like all like walk by him and he'd hey casey what's up and he'd like talk to me and have me come over and you know and yeah we were called, freaked out yeah. he called me old man all the time because i wore a sweater <laughs> all the time and i wasn't really partying i was just kind of focused on drumming and trying to be oh man dude i just fucking miss that guy it's yeah yeah it's a tough tough fucking deal dude it it's is a rough yeah, yeah. week and a half whatever fuck yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. with uh joseph and george i'd like to hear just a, maybe if you guys got a story with trev real quick what i think uh i think 
my my first U.S. tour, I think, was their first tour as a band, as Black Dahlia Murder. Was two thousand two thousand five, two thousand five. Uh, yes, and uh, we pretty much spent like a, a month and a half on the road. It was like us uh, supporting King Diamond. Uh, Behemoth, Behemoth was on, and Black Dahlia. Man, I got so many crazy stories, but you know, I never share you know stuff like uh, that happens on the road. You know, I just. But uh, like you guys said, you know, I always remember somebody with a big smile. He was always like cool with everybody. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they were very young when when uh, when we did that tour. I was also very very young, uh, just older than them. You know, and uh, yeah, just you know, he he will always be in my mind like this. You know, like the the crazy smiley guy. You know, he uh, in, in a good way, crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope the best for his bandmates, family, and everyone, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be really tough. Yeah. And I'm just glad that I got to meet him uh, as a guest on our podcast. <clears throat> and um, uh, it's been just amazing. And, and I've been drumming along to my asthma and some of the early records just to sort of keep my chops going and rediscovering kind of the love for the, the style. And um yeah, so I'm just glad I got to meet him. Totally, dude. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that's cool that you're uh warming up and playing those Black Dolly songs kind of like as a, you know, tribute and homage as you're you know, getting your chops up again or not yeah. again, but just, you know, at the moment bringing things to a uh, homeostasis warming up. And, and uh, uh Lasta Lucy's been dedicating songs in our set to Trevor and the little oh, dude. Said. So. I bet everybody, every metal show right now, every metal tour that's out there, that dude is being mentioned or talk about whether on stage or in, in the crowd, you know? Yeah. The, no matter what, that, that conversation is happening constantly right now. Tons of Black Dahlia shirts, too. People showing up in Black yeah. Dahlia just kind of showing respects and stuff, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I wish I could break out my Black Dahlia shirt from 2003, but it's been washed so many times you can't even see the logo, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that shirt. I love that shirt. Um, yeah, dude. So we're not going to spend, you know, the whole podcast on this, not in a bad way. Um, I mean, I, we could definitely do an episode probably of just talking about stories with Trevor and, um, but we got a legend here with us <laughs> and and you know like we all just to wrap it up again check on your friends love each other show your love and and you know be there for people because the uh, irrational decisions can be made without um you know just somebody being inside their head only you know not outside of their head with a different perspective you know perspective can definitely be skewed and morphed by life and and decisions can be made that aren't necessarily the the solution you know um but yeah we love again we love you guys we love trevor rest in peace trevor your your uh your mark will forever be seen in metal, no doubt. All right, let's let's move. Let's have some fun, guys. Let's 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 uh, 
let's get some real, real stories from the man himself. All right, George Colias, your name sounds like you're a demigod. Are you a demigod? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually Colias. Oh, Colias. But, you know, I mean, Coleus. this is like a, even my really close friends in the U.S., they call me Colias, you know. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the Greek name is Colias, uh, in, uh, South America is Colias. So, I mean, okay. you know, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm used to it, you know, that's it. Is, so is, the, <laughs> is the masses been just mispronouncing it all the time or are we just fucking up with Colias? No, no, no. Everybody, everybody, everybody. You know, it's yeah, just, everybody. I, I don't know, maybe it's a tough one to pronounce on. I, I got, I'm, I'm in the same boat, dude. My name's Trapani. Everybody calls me Trapini. Or you know, Trapani is actually Trapani is what I thought. I'll, t- I'll accept yeah. Trapani, but yeah. it, we said it, it's Americanized as Trapani. You go to different countries, they say it different way, but Trapani. Oh, I'm like, dude, there's only one I, and it's at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, George, thank you so much for giving us your time, dude. Like I was saying earlier, um, getting it together, it was a little spur. Uh, we were, we were get, I don't even know what I'm fucking trying to say now. <laughs> it was, it, it was uh, on my calendar for tomorrow. Yeah, that's Although what it was. The, the poster says 22nd. I, I even think, I think when I posted it on Facebook, I said Monday. I, I'm pretty oh, really? sure. I, I haven't checked, but yeah. Oh, you? Uh, yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm a person that always, uh, you know, like really organized with calendars and stuff, you know, otherwise I will definitely fuck up everything. So then I got the message and I was like, you know, preparing one day earlier. I'm like, is it today? You know, so I'm like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just got out of the shower, you know, like uh, it was a pretty long day here in this room, uh, you know, practicing. Uh, and then uh, I changed a couple of things because tomorrow I got some lessons. Like, for example, this ride symbol, this is an 18 crash usually. And it's like uh, inside, like as, as my third crash out of mm-hmm. four. And uh, this is like a, a right symbol, which I switch for lessons so I can have a. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I noticed So that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave these uh, like this for tomorrow. And uh, that's it. And like I said, I, uh, huge apologies, you know, for uh, being a little bit late. But uh, oh, I had to oh, get it together like really quick. Dude, we, there's no, uh, you, yeah. you don't need to apologize. We're, we're, we're here for you, you know, so it, it totally. That Joel made a here, joke. <laughs> Joel made a joke. He said you'd think his timing would be a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make a drummer joke in there. So, yeah. yeah, it was just a, a, a simple mistake on the calendar. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. No, it happens. It happens. But absolutely since, no, no. Since we're here, since we're here, I got to show you my setup because it's really yeah, cool. Please okay. do. Yeah. This Let's is like, uh, you know, this is like a. Uh, uh, a website, uh, so it's not like actually Zoom or uh, Skype. So I don't know if if you get the reverb, reverb and everything. Yeah, everything. So everything yeah. comes from the board. Hopefully, it does because, like I said, I didn't have time to check it. And we have we have this multi-camera thing, which is this. Yeah. Uh, awesome. We got the feet. We got this, the side one. And then we got multicams, you know, like uh, different scenes, you know, if you want to see feet. You know, just both together. So this is it. So that's what ah. I teach uh, nowadays, you know, uh, one of the very few good things of uh, COVID that COVID brought. 
and uh, it's very cheap and very simple to get organized and finally as a drummer to be able to teach with you know like a like a nice mix like so you know the students can see everything and hear everything and uh yeah this this is my world that's nice. killer dude so there's there's the uh you know a lot of guys in our scene are starting to do twitch channels and i know you're you're probably super busy with lessons and stuff but that setup right there there's there's a few guys probably in the chat right now i think i saw troy in there to yeah. he that that same kind of deal he's doing the multi-cam you could see what you want to see you can hear what you want to hear type deal and um i'm loving that i really do love this this new um adaptation that happened in the scene after um covid and the pandemic we all uh you know we're on twitch and and these other musicians that everybody would love to be just sitting and watching play are now finally starting to come out and do their twitch channels and i love that because that that is a great supplemental thing for for touring musicians who aren't on tour you know yeah. what what do musicians do when they're not on tour they go and they have their regular jobs and all this kind of stuff well this still this this new you know lessons and multicam thing that's happening with twitch it's like now you get more of the artists that you love when they're not out on the road you know and it, it's an excuse for everybody to keep up their chops too and george so you go to georgeclass.com right if, if people want to yes. like book lessons with you right so if yep. people are trying to get you know like that full multicam zoom experience and you teach stuff you um, just go to the website you and know book with you yeah yeah i'm teaching since 2002 so oh wow a couple so, years it's a long time <laughs> i was uh in uh modern music school uh the german school uh it was i was uh also there was a modern music school in greece then it became lab music education which i was there as well uh i'm doing clinics since, since 2004 so like education was like a big part of me it's, for me it's not it's not like because i see it happening a lot and i gotta say <laughs> no way you know whatever so there he is, there he is. for me it's 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 a normal school it's drum teaching i'm fucking crazy with teaching i love like sharing stuff you know like with drummers and uh it, it was always like super serious uh the only difference now is like i can teach someone in japan and then someone somebody in australia somebody in the u.s you know so totally. that's that's yep. the, the great thing with the the zoom you know and uh, this new and very, like I said, very cheap technology. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's, um, it's a regular lesson, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Although I think it's a little bit better because you can see everything. Like you can, you know, it's live. I'm, I'm talking to you, whatever, you know, you can ask whatever you want. And, you know, uh, we always have a subject or two. And uh, the multi-camera thing is like focuses everywhere. So you can see things that if you were on the other kit, like I got a, another set like behind this kit, uh, you wouldn't be able to see, you know, so mm -hmm. I think it's really, really interesting. Plus, you know, I got PDFs and stuff, which I sent to the students. Um, and one really helpful tool is like, uh, I can press one button in this controller. I got a small controller here to control the cameras and I can record small clips. So if, if I give you something and you want to, you want to remember the sticking or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, I just make them like, uh, like little clips. So, yeah, you know, cool. it keeps them like, uh, okay, I got the PDF, I got the clips. I remember what happened in the lesson. So that hour is not, you know, uh, they, it, it, it makes it worth the money. 
like you know, right, right. They, they got everything. So then there is no excuse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah. about to say, like, once you have all that, then it's all in your boat. Then you know, it's whether or yep. not you can actually pull it off yourself because you have all the the tools and the um, yep. you know, the information and experience of taking the lesson. Then it's it really is up to yep. you from that point forward and whether or uh, not you can yep. execute. It was always like this, and you know, the percentage of people who actually will do something really killer, you know, it's really small, unfortunately. Um, for me, it's not necessary to have a, you know, a teacher or something, you know, but it's, uh, it's a big motivation though. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, if, if you started with somebody that you admire, you know, you like uh, their music or, you know, whatever, uh, I think it's a big motivation, but you know, if, if you think about it, you know, any teacher can give you what you need mm -hmm. and then everything else on YouTube. So it's, it's a point like, uh, who's going to do it? Well, it's up to them. And like I said, the percentage is not, uh, really big, you know? Yeah. So no, you gotta I've have the passion. I've noticed with the, with the online lessons, I've, I've just, you know, during COVID and stuff, when it first hit, I was just buying some lessons from friends just to like, just jam with them and see what's going on. You really have to. Because like you said, there's there's so much stuff on YouTube that you could just go and learn. You really have to, when you go into these lessons, for me personally, what I didn't do correctly was I got to have a list of things I want to go over specifically that I am I need help with. You know, mm -hmm. it's like I was because I just sat there and was like, all right, well, like, I don't know. I'm not really good on my right hand. I could do better. I don't, you know, I had like not really um, specific uh, needs like listed off of what I needed to do. And I could have used my time so much better. And I was like. Ah, whatever. Oh, next time, you know, that's, that's like you said, you know, you could, if you want to just do the basic rudiments or stuff like that, it's all on YouTube. Like, might as well ask, you got Kalia or Coleus in front of you. Yeah, But, uh, it's also the teacher himself though, or herself, you know, like you could take it back to just regular academics, you know, being in, in, uh, high school, all the subjects that I loved and excelled in were taught one, there were there were interesting subjects for me personally and two taught by somebody who um Made was able to relay the information and actually you know it's all about whether or not the the student connects with the teacher you know if if you start off on the bad foot then you're not going to really get the information because you're you're naturally wanting to not hear from that person you know I, I, that's a bad way of explaining it, but like your teacher has to be somebody who you want to get information from, or you're not going to really accept all the information. So somebody like all the, all the people from the metal community that are starting to teach and all that stuff, we're all humble people because we're from this underground style of music that we're not here to try and, I mean, yeah, people are making careers, but we're not trying to be rock stars. We're just making music you know? And so that humbling aspect of just being a normal person and teaching is probably like the one thing that like gets it across to more people. I think I'm just filibustering on bullshit right now, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, it has yeah, to be sure. a teacher student, like real connection. Yeah. They have to connect for... with them. They have to make it interesting. Like there's like, there's history teachers I had, you know, and uh, when I did college for a little while that made it so like i had a metalhead history teacher it was all like all in the metal so he'd like make like references about like he'd talk about like women's suffrage he's all it's not suffrage like slayer said in the seasons of the abyss song well you know he'd like <laughs> he'd, like link metal into it too and it made it like way nice. interesting and i like got way into so yeah yeah it's just all about 
uh yeah teachers Big. make a huge impact on how you learn stuff and we have a actually right here too joseph is a professor at a college so i mean it, it, it definitely makes a lot of impact if the teacher can convey joel and i are the only non-teachers on the podcast right now <laughs> i know right <laughs> well, you guys all give lessons <laughs> well these two guys are my biggest uh influences as as a drummer and george um i bought the intense metal drumming dvd right when it came out and i remember it came with the sign poster and everything and um i just want to say that's like a big part of your influence not just as you know, it's part of your ambassadorship as a metal drummer is is not just the albums and the live shows but the education i feel like that's another huge ingredient of how you've been so willing to just share the 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 journey of becoming an extreme metal drummer with people and it was like it was so cool to get that dvd and i still have it in my studio and i i went through it again recently on the exercises and i i really still practice those even 10 15 years later sick dude thank you man thanks so much uh, it's yeah. um it's a pretty long dvd i think it was uh, the first one was like uh four hours or something oh damn whoa um, the second one was five hours, 14 minutes. Jesus. So double yeah. uh, that's, that's me always, you know, like with products, my books, each book so far, not, uh, part one and part two, uh, they're like 200 pages also. Wow. Yeah. Which is really, really stupid if you think about it, you know, because, you know, I could have like six books out of these three books. Uh, two yeah, books. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> same with DVDs and everything, but, you know, uh, I have huge respect for those who invest money on my products and I want to make it worth and I'm I'm like a hundred percent honest, like that's that's the reason. That's mm -hmm. the reason. I wanna really I wanna make it worth because I bought DVDs were like one hour long, same price with mine, you know? And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is you know, it's it's a product, you know, like uh yeah, I could I could do and you know the DVDs, I, I do the whole thing myself, you know, like I, I edit the whole thing, I film, I even you know that's my cameras like the, my studio like i do everything myself and uh i could make so many dvds i was just about to say and, <laughs> and books and you know whatever because like i said you know everything i do uh, i try to do it alone uh myself mm -hmm. you know the books as well and uh yeah i mean i could i keep you know getting products out but i'm like okay we gave part one uh intense metal drummer part one and two so two dvds like more than 10 hours okay that's that's enough that's enough so uh the next one is it's not going to be educational it's going to be something which i have in mind i can't really say details but i All think right. we're going to shoot it on uh in september huh. awesome. on, a, on a clinic tour so i want it to be entertaining not like something like to watch to learn something and exercises and exercises you know and here and there are some you know uh, playing some songs and stuff mm -hmm. I want to do a lot of live stuff. I want to do like relentless drum solos. I, I want to play my brass shit. I want to, you know, like I want to mix it up and be like, that's my life. That's that's me. Okay. That's, so when you say play your your brass, what are you talking yeah. about? I got a project. It's called the Brass Project, okay. and um, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. And uh, mainly, it's like a, it's music production, which is a new thing uh, that I got into COVID, right? So we're talking about a lot of software, a lot of MIDI stuff. Uh, of course, I play some guitars there. I play some keyboards, uh, some percussion, obviously drums. But I wrote everything. And uh, they're like, it's it's based on funk. Uh, some it's like more New Orleans funk, like Stanton Moore style. Um, some others are like more like 
James Bond funk, like you know, it's it's crazy. <laughs> but there is there is always brass instruments, you know, like the solos and stuff, like trombones and saxophones and you know whatever. It's not a a brass original brass band, but it's a it's a brass project, and um, I I wrote everything again. Uh, I use some loops here and there, but uh, mostly it's like music production, you know, with MIDI and stuff. And uh, I'm planning to release, you know, I don't know if it's going to be an album or just singles. Uh, I think to release an album that nobody actually will buy. I mean, who's going to buy? It? You know, it's <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know. Uh, it's not going to be like a great funk album. Although, you know, the songs so far get like really nice reviews. I got two of them on uh, on my YouTube as demo versions. Um, but yeah, I think it, it doesn't really make sense to release an album. You know, I don't want labels. I don't want, you know, I don't want to get into this whole dance yeah. uh, for this project. Just want to release some singles on Spotify or somewhere and, you know, have people listen to it. That's it. That's cool, dude. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the burnout song video on YouTube is oh one of your highest viewed videos. <laughs> the, and the burnout. So, sorry I'm, to interrupt you. The burnout. Oh, go for it. It's not mine. It's uh, Asterios, uh, the keyboard player. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty funny because I think we re rehearsed it like two, three times, and then they brought the brass guys, and I'm like, oh man, I I I was so stressed. I was so stressed. <laughs> um, but then I felt the energy from the brass, which is like way more than the marshals on stage. I'm telling you, like if you play with brass people, it's fucking loud. Like it's yeah. it's there's so much energy in the room. Like I never felt in my life. I'm like, man, I thought we were playing loud. I you know, I seriously, it was a, it was a new thing to me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's a really good song. Um, Asteris, uh, he uh, he he brought everybody, and we did it for the DVD for my second DVD. Uh, so it's part of. Uh, my second DVD, but if you go on YouTube and check out the uh, the new two demos I have, which is like the the last videos I have uh, uploaded or, so, or something, uh, it's I think it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, they definitely uh, bring a different element of musicality, um, and it's. Uh, I mean, I you just see the comments, and everyone's just like, "See, he can he do, he doesn't just do death metal; he can play this or whatever." And it's like real chops, and and um, I just. It was actually really uh, mind-opening to hear that uh, back in the day when it first came out, um, to see that, oh, he's a well-rounded drummer, uh, musician. Um, so uh, I will listen to the singles. I'll get the DVD. If, if it is an album, I would listen to it. I'm just saying there's more of us out there. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's, it's exciting to hear more of that style coming from you, too. Yeah, um, I mean, it's fun. It's music, you know. Um... And lately, I actually, I, I do a lot of things, man. I got uh, I got another band, official band. It's called Royal Time Machine. Uh, now, Royal Time Machine is uh, it's Greek members. Yanis um, Papadopoulos, an amazing guitar player. Uh, he mm -hmm. actually plays for Scott Stapp, you know, from Creed. So he's, oh, wow. you know, traveling uh, back and forth, you know, in the States as well. And uh, Michael Evdemon, the bass player, he's uh, uh, one of the very best here, if not the best. So... And, you know, we were like, okay, my goal, me and Yanis, we were talking about, my goal was I wanted to make a band, like an official band, and play different shit, you know, not metal stuff, and use a single kick. I, I want to use a single kick because I remember from, you know, from where I started playing drums, like 11 years old or something, I always had two kicks. And uh, I'm like, I want to use a single kick and just, you know, just a normal set, like five piece, you know, whatever. Well, six for second floor. 
anyways, and uh, we got together, we wrote some music, and it's, um, it's, I think it's fusion, progressive fusion. That's what we call it. Uh, but there are some, you know, some jazz moments, some more funk, uh, funky moments, some Latin moments here and there, you know. And then, of course, the curse that I always had, you know, I was like, oh, for the, for the swing stuff, what if I use another kick, like an 18-inch, you know? <laughs> and I have two kicks as well. But it's both for the right foot, you know. So it's like a one uh, 22-inch kick, and then on the right side there is another 18-inch um, uh, kick. So when, whenever I play a little bit, you know, like a lower and you know, like more like a, I want more flow, uh, I use that kick. Okay, mm -hmm. which I can give you an example right here, actually. Please do. You can, you can hear the kicks, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the kick. Okay, but if you play light, I got, you see this third kick? Oh, wow. So I can use that too. So this kid has uh, three kick drums now and a foot snare. But like I said, this is like for personal stuff and, you know, fun and uh, mostly for the, uh, for the lessons, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that trio went like progressive fusion. We have uh, we have uh, a, a full album, our debut album, and uh, actually right now we're mixing, so it's gonna be out. I don't know, like a, a month from now or something, you know. And I'm very very excited. Uh, I wanna, you know, I wanna treat this band like I treat Nile, like you know, like my main band, which I'm mm -hmm. loyal for 18 years in Nile. 18 years, Christ. dude. <laughs> yeah. 18 years in the band. So I want to do the same with uh, Royal Time Machine and, you know, tour with them. Um, uh, which it's is wild that, crazy. sorry, uh, yep. it's wild that Annihilation is that old. <laughs> uh, it was uh, 2004. Yeah. 2004, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, wild, where, dude. where I got the gig. Do you know Jeez. the story, how got, I, I got in the band? No, but I'd love to hear it. Actually, some people heard the story, but nobody heard this story. All right, okay, so exclusive. Finally, uh, how I got in the band was like, you know, Hate Eternal were playing uh, in 2003, uh, late 2003. It was, I think it was December. And they were finishing their tour in Greece. And then I'm there, you know, to watch Derek Roddy, which, you know, he's uh, one of my biggest influences, you know, and one of my Hell best yeah. buddies now. Uh, so, yeah, me and Derek go like years and years, you know. Awesome. Uh, and I, of course, I'm still a big fan. I always admire his drumming. Very open-minded drummer. Like he, he, you know, he can play any style. You know, that's that's why I follow Derek mainly because you know he he's he was doing what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. the different styles and the way he plays. You know, like everything. Uh, but anyways, I went there and I had uh, I had another trio back then, uh, a band named uh, Sickening Horror, which I still think to this day that we were doing something really, really, really great, and you know, like fretless bass and 260 bpm one foot shit you know we were talking about 2003 you know yeah uh, and we had a promo cd with uh three songs one of them was 250 bpm but it was pretty sloppy i mean you could tell it was a kid like fighting with the drums but it was yeah. it was there it was there it's just you know not we... you know not even close to perfect you know so i went to Derek. i was like hey man take you know the cd blah 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 you know and i'm a big fan whatever and he actually gave it a listen. So he went back to the States like a few days later. And he made a big post like talking about me, my drumming and my band. I'm like, holy shit, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's big. So anyways, 
And then I, you know, I got in touch and I was like, hey, man, I just wanted to say uh, thank you. Like, it really meant a lot for me. Um, so I got in his forum. Everybody was in his forum. The only metal drummers forum back then. So I sent him a uh, private message, how we used to call them, you know? Yeah. And uh, then he replied to me. He was like, dude, your drumming is amazing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you got to make some videos of you playing and just, you know, let people see you're playing. Mm -hmm. But back then, it wasn't like, you know, you have GoPros and, you know, like you have YouTube. It was pretty tough, you know. So I had yeah, to find somebody yeah. with the camera. We had a show like two weeks later. I'm like, guys, we're going to film it because, you know, uh, Derek asked me, you know, to do like a drum cam, whatever show. And I did. And uh, we uploaded somewhere, some servers, you know. And uh, that was the day I started getting fan emails, you know, from uh, from abroad. Uh, but anyways, that that was how i met derek and then of course you know when uh tony loreano left the band you know uh niall derek recommended me he was like uh yeah i know somebody in greece uh he can play he can play the stuff for sure but uh he's in greece so you know you gotta fly him and carl contacted me okay but so that's the story that everybody knows but the story mm -hmm. that nobody knows i think nobody knows it was uh because of the forum and the exposure we were getting, and there were not so many drummers able to play that fast back then, you know. Um, uh, the Crooked Birth actually contacted me. Do you know this, Casey? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. We heard the story. So, uh, actually, there was a, two more bands which I didn't want to join. Very well-known bands. Um, one is in Florida. I don't, I don't want to say the names, but, you know, uh, there were three bands. One was Decrepit Birth. And back then, Decrepit, I was like, man, I really like this music. Like, I really like the band. So Matt contacted me, right? And I said, yeah, let's do it, man. I'm in. I'm in. You know, I'll, I'll do it. And he was like, okay, but uh, you got to make some videos, you know, to, so I can see that you can play the stuff. You know, it makes sense. You know, so you didn't, you didn't it wouldn't have to fly me, you know, to uh, L.A., you know, and be like, you know, not able to play. So mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I got it, man, you know, but uh, it's not easy. So it will take me a couple of weeks like uh, the previous video we did. It was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. In the meantime, I had the phone call from Carl. And mm. he was like, okay, we oh, want yeah. you Nile, but don't say anything. And then I was like, man, what should I do now? So I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I never sent the video to Matt, obviously, but I couldn't say anything. So that was pretty fucking rude for me. Like, I was like, man, he will think I can't play. Or you know whatever, oh, yeah. Uh, but, I, so but you know, I you know the, he was like, don't say anything, um, yeah, because Niall obviously you know they wanted to see like if this will gel or not, you know. Yeah. Yep. So, sure. anyways, somehow Matt heard it from somewhere, but I I, knew, I never said anything. So he was like, hey man, I heard this, blah blah blah. I know, of course, you know he's like, uh, everything is cool, good luck, and you know. So I'm like, oh thanks, man. <laughs> I couldn't say anything. So that was it. Oh, you know, I was really yeah. close to doing the band. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. I, I remember Matt talking about like that, yeah. like when I yeah, first joined too. and stuff, and he was like, like, isn't that, he's like, it's so crazy that he's like, George was interested in Decrepit Birth, and then soon after he yeah, joined Nile, he's like, dude, it's so great. I remember that. We were just like, that's amazing. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the other two bands, it's, they're very well-known bands, like way more than decrepit birth you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I well, said, you mentioned you know, florida that's, that's I mean, always me man yeah yeah like og oh no not, not like the big 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 bands you know like but uh yeah it, it was sure, a pretty sure. well-known band uh one of them and uh nice. but decrepit was like you know it was it was uh the gig i wanted to you know uh team played on their album back then 
and he did mm-hmm. an amazing yeah. job. You know, Tim, yeah, big big oh. fan of Team Young as well. That was another thing I remember because, like, back. I mean, I got into this stuff like a couple years. I mean, probably like ninety eight, ninety nine. I really got into death metal, and I remember back in those times, like it was like Derek Roddy and Tim Young were just like the heroes of. I mean, all and Kevin Talley. There's so many drummers, Dave Cora. I mean, all of them, but like Roddy and Tim were just the, at the top of that heap, you know, just so fast. And, uh, and then I remember when we, 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 we listened to sickening horror a lot, actually our friend Josh had that demo and he would show us or what, what the, the recording. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but yeah, man, like I remember vividly, like this memory of Matt going like, yeah, so, so Tim went to go see George play with Niall and it's legit, dude. He's he, like, Tim was like, you're dude george is like the gnarliest <laughs> i remember him saying that and i was like well if tim young That's thinks cool. you're the gnarliest then you know and of course roddy's always been i mean yeah. you guys are such like cool dudes i mean we've had roddy and tim on like in and, and we were <clears throat> we were joking about man we got to get george on like to like you know complete the trifecta you know then open yeah, the yeah. gate to hell <laughs> yeah. you know like it's like because <laughs> to us it was just the th- i mean of course there's other guys that are just I mean, long strength all these guys they're all amazing but there's just something about you guys in your style and i don't know so i just remember that it was really cool like we always were huge fans of yours and then annihilation of the wicked i listened to it yesterday you know just just again and i was just jesus christ like that, mm-hmm. that that album just like still blows yeah. me away like i love it i love all your albums with them but dude that one's just like it's nostalgic for us you know at that time thank you Thanks and it's so a much, killer man. killer recording you know so we i think we played pretty much the whole thing almost the whole thing it's, I, I, there is one song uh we never played from annihilation um mm. and it's pretty funny because that was the, the the test song that carl sent me to compose drums it was like i will send you a song and then you come to the stage and you're gonna have it ready and it's got some really cool licks um chapter of uh chapter of obeisance it's uh mm-hmm. it's the track uh and i got the like a richard christie lick richard christie i'm a huge fan of richard christie hell yeah and uh i'm i actually that was that was actually my gig like that style like sounds of perseverance like uh burning mm-hmm. inside that's the style of drumming that uh, burning uh yeah burning inside i forgot about that yeah yeah even even the entities that, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was my gig man you know like tech stuff and you know i don't know how i ended up like you know playing like you know uh super fast and uh, you know like it's it's only the music but uh, you know obviously i was a big nile fan and uh yeah like i said annihilation we played the whole thing now we're talking about bringing some songs back so that would be fun oh yeah oh yeah three maybe so i want to we haven't done it yet but let's go all the way back with you george let's uh let's get the beginnings of all of this because this is definitely an origin story that i'd love to hear and um how we usually how how far back as far as you can bro what we do what we do on this show is we usually i mean we're 47 minutes into this we haven't even done it but how we like to start the show is take us back to childhood when when something happened in the brain where music became way more important than just background music, background noise. If, if you can figure out that one time or just a early situation yeah. where all of a sudden, yeah, music clicked with you and it became something that you wanted to pursue. Uh, I was seven years old. Love it. Uh, and my brother, which is uh, he's uh, three and a half years uh, older than me uh and you know always big brother you know he does something i do it too you know so 
um, he uh, we had uh, we had uh, in in the neighbor uh, neighborhood we grew up um, there were two kids from Canada you know they, a family from Canada actually they were uh, Greek Canadians mm -hmm. so they moved there permanently you know uh, and uh, the the older brother we became like really good friends but the older brother was really into music you know like he was in pop music and uh, pretty much everything but he got into metal music too and we're talking about uh, that was uh for those about to, uh, about to rock he, he had this vinyl acdc mm -hmm. and he had uh turbo from uh, judas priest right and you know like uh, other classic albums so one day he invited us to his to his house you know to listen to some music and he had a great hi-fi stereo, you know, and everything, and he put some vinyl, and that was it. That was yeah. it. I got married uh, heavy metal that day. Like, I was <laughs> yeah. like, holy fuck, you know? I remember being like eight years old and wear uh, Iron Maiden Peace of Mind t-shirt in school. Nice. Eight years old. And <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about a city that there were no metal heads in right. general. There were no drummers. There were you know, nothing. There was nothing. So now it will be very weird to see like a young kid wearing like a piece of mind shirt or you know power slave you know whatever um uh, you know back then it was and it was i don't know unbelievable anyways um so our love to music like uh it was like it was like a love at first listen you know and then yeah. you know got our uh albums you know we bought uh, i think the first one we bought was uh iron maiden's power slave mm -hmm. no it was acdc flick of the switch Mm. Uh, but uh, Power Slave, it's still one of my top three albums, you know? Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, so it was very natural for me to do the next step and, you know, be uh, wanted, to, wanted to play the, the, the music I, I really loved, you know? So it was a matter of time. I remember, you know, have like pants and try to play rhythms, you know, like, uh, do 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 you know? Um, then, of course, you know, life here was a, a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit tough, you know, uh, compared to today. And, you know, there was no money to buy drum sets. There were no stores to buy drum sets. There was one store had a Yamaha kit, which is the worst example because they're super <laughs> fucking expensive drums even today. I mean, they, they, they didn't have like a Pearl Export, like a Tama, you know, whatever. Like uh, the, 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 the good know, the starter ones. kit. Yeah. Yeah. Entry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I still love to this day. Um, a week ago, I was in Bulgaria. I played the Pearl Export kit. And I'm like, that's fucking great, man. I yeah. love drums. But anyways, so uh, unfortunately, uh, the first price um, I heard, you know, was like uh, insane. So I'm like, okay, I, I can, you know, buy drums and stuff, which finally I did at the age of 12. And uh, that was it with the drums. Like, don't ask me about background. There was no background. Nobody in the family, you know, uh, even listened to music. It was only me and my brother. Wow. Um, my brother started guitar and I started guitar as well. And I still play guitar. I have like seven guitars in this room already. Um, so I did play guitar, but I wanted to pick up the drums. There was no money. Finally, I convinced my father, you know, to help me out. And he got me uh, a starter kit, you know. And uh, that was it. Then, you know, the, the, the problem was the drum teacher. There was nobody here. N not even friends. Not even friends. Like a, somebody to hang out and talk drums or something. Nobody. Um, I even remember... A well-known band when i had my first band i think it was like 12. uh and we we're playing some rock music with some friends from uh from, what was uh, that school. band called 
we didn't have a name. No, nah, uh, just the nothing, group nothing. of guys. They were yeah. just, you know, we're looking for a drum. Like, yeah, let's go, you know, let's go. And we played some music which I didn't like, but, you know, it was better than nothing. Um, and I remember this well-known band that were headlining, of course, was a festival, you know, some local bands, but like I said, you know, nobody from this city, they were like around some other smaller cities. And uh, I remember the drummer trying to give me advices, right? It was like, dude, you got to take some books and put them in, in your armpit here, you know? And then, you know, when you play, you use a lot of these, okay? So then you mm. unlock the wrist. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it's really smart. I'll do that. I'll do that. Although my wrist was fine, dude. It was, it was like, you know, I got videos from back then, uh, flawless, you know, no, no problem. And he started playing. He was like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, what the fuck is this, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't took the advice. But, yeah. So it was pretty tough, you know, because there was no people to hang out and talk about, you know, drums and uh, drum teachers. My first teacher was, uh, was a guitar player. And he teach me the basic stuff, like, you know, you know, like a drum reading. OK, uh, some, you know, some uh, patterns, like uh, really important patterns, like uh, samba or, you know, whatever, you know. So and of course, I stopped because because I was that smart. I wanted to play thrash. I wanted to play, you know, extreme stuff. You know, I wanted to play Sepultura and Morb Angel was, uh, you know, I think Alter Somandes was out back then. And then I stopped the lessons, which I still regret to this day. And uh, but you know I evolved really well in in uh, in uh, in my bands. Like you know, first live we played Warren Semble, first live with my metal band. Oh yeah, sick. Uh, Twelve and a half years old. Um, every Sepultura song, you know, like getting the guitar, my brother's guitar, listen to the, the, the you know the, the songs I wanted to play. You know, just get them on guitar and then show them to the guitar players. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, I had more free time than everybody else. So yeah, that was that was it. Pretty tough because there was nobody around, you know. To, but maybe that was for a good thing. I don't know. I can't yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, I, it, you know, because no, the, I was going to say, was I was going to say, yeah, it was definitely your passion and drive that that got you through all that because we do talk to a lot of people. I mean, this is episode eighty-one. And we've talked to a lot of guys that are at your level, and most of them have music in their family already. And they had the, the outlets and the tools already at their disposal, but you took it and kind of went into the darkness with yourself and just figured it out that way, you know? And I, I want to take it back because you had mentioned Mor Morbid Angel. I want to I wanna know your... Um, experience first hearing pete the feet pete sandoval like how how was that for you um uh, olders of madness wasn't that extreme mm -hmm. i mean it was extreme but not that extreme i think blessed hit us like you know with the blast beats and everything you know that yeah. was the album you know um for pete what can i say for pete about pete man he's uh he's the godfather you know like totally the godfather he's he's you know He's a, a main influence for everybody, at least my generation, you know, but even the younger kids, they know. Um, and he's still doing it. He still, he still plays. We did, uh, we did a tour with them like in 19, um, I think 19. And it was a uh, terrorizer, you know. Mm -hmm. And dude, he's, you know, he's playing like uh, he was always playing. That was it, you know, after, you know, back problems and everything, you know, he's, 
he's still like flawless. I use World Downfall as my first example of Pete, even though he, you know, um, flourishes and and he's at his most extreme in uh, Morbid Angel. But just knowing, you know, how old World Downfall is and how um, pivotal that that album is for extreme metal like nobody i mean you hear what was going on in napalm and it was similar kind of style but slower and way more you know dirty and sloppy but then pete comes out and just shows you the precision of what can happen in extreme metal at that time i, I forget what when was that album re it was like 87, 88, something like that when I, they recorded that. I think so. I think so, yes. So, so monumental for that time, you know. So I, I, I just wanted to go back to the Godfather and say, hey, this, yeah. this guy is what, what, you know, planted the seeds for all of you guys to come in yes. the wake of it and take it. Yes, but you know what's funny? That uh, I remember he was talking... But uh, Motor Drama Magazine uh, was a it was a big interview. I, I don't remember. I don't think he was the cover, but he, you know because back then they didn't you know take uh, death metal that serious. You know that serious, mm -hmm. and I think it was a big deal to even be in Motor Drama. You know with a big uh, like it was like five six pages you know interview, and he was talking about the blast beat, the original blast beat with one foot and everything. And mm -hmm. I think I got it. I think I was like okay. I think I'm doing it. The right way i wasn't sure until 2003 when i saw drummers doing it um uh, like firsthand but uh he was talking about yeah man you can't cheat okay this is the thing like you know blah 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 so that was always in my mind like every time like i was like pushing and i'm like um and then i heard about the the euro blast they call it or the two foot blast or the alternate you know economy mm -hmm. i heard so many uh i know it's half the work <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that. So, so I'm like, you know, man, I wish people just, you know, take Pete a little bit, you know, uh, follow his, uh, you know, his advice, you know, and because there is some something magical, but you know, um, about the one foot blast, and you can hear it on Pete a little bit more than me or Derek or Tim Young, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the swing. He's got he's got that amazing swing. Yeah, the way he plays, you know, the way he moves and. You know, mm -hmm. with one foot blast, when you push, usually what happens is like uh, showing the camera. So this is like the kick and this is the snare. Uh, so the snare goes a little bit closer to the to the kick. Mm -hmm. So instead of. Uh, so it's like. Well, not not, you know, that much, obviously. Not you know, extreme, but, but if, yeah, if I get what you're saying. Yeah, if you zoom on Logic or Cubase, whatever you use, you know, you can see the snare just, you know, just pushing your right foot um, as a reaction, you know, the left hand gets a little bit closer to the beat. Uh, Pete is overdoing it, and that's why his blast, to me, even to this day, sounds the best. Mm. Yeah. And, and that, totally like that one-footed yeah. blast you talk about, it, it yeah. was always more impressive to me to watch a drummer like Casey. And it, like Casey was actually probably the first drummer that I really paid attention to when I was jamming with him and saw like his choices in where he would do a one foot and you know other yeah I used variations. to try to do it I, I used to be pure about it like and I think like the first tour I did I did all the decrepit set one foot like everything and then yeah. uh 
And for odious, actually, I usually did one foot because it just naturally fits the style. But since decrepit was so the ink on the and just such like suffo split, suffo split, like changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I eventually just was just like, screw it, dude. Like, and I think going on that Black Dahlia tour, I was like scared. I was like, dude, I have to just like play good. I can't, you know, I like, but, mm -hmm. but I still, I still go back and forth, you know. But no, dude, the one yeah. foot blast for sure sounds better, and it is the OG yeah. like the real way aggressive. To do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. It just is yeah. like I said, it's impressive to watch a drummer yeah. execute a a precise blast beat with one foot. You're like oh yeah dude that guy's oh, yeah. that guy's real that guy's a real drummer well i mean like watching roddy and all those i mean he's doing accents and st 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 and yeah. hitting like you know what, what wasn't he doing like a i don't know if you've done this but like he does the, he did like a side foot hitting like a ch 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 oh the ribbon crasher i got one the ri ribbon crashers yeah dude there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, insane joseph yeah, you look like you had something to say i want to hear what you got to say oh so uh i have the last of lucy drum midi and i was zooming in on the midi because i was reprogramming the drums and i noticed that our guitarist gaddy has the snare a little closer to the kick than like a perfect gridded thing and i was like huh and i like i'm like oh i'll fix that and i like move it to where it's like you know even divisions between kick and snare on the midi length and i'm like oh that changes the feel and i'm like when you're george you're just talking about the one foot how it changes the feel uh, where the snare is placed that was just what i was thinking about how yeah. yeah you know the fact that everything's gridded now is starting to lose some of that nuance and um one way to get that is of course changing the midi which is kind of weird but another way is to just trust yourself and trust your technique and and trust the way that teachers can explain the the elements well, of the get, style we'll get the live thing though you got to go live you got to play live you know mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah you know that's that's where actually you can judge somebody or even getting inspired because you know what happens in the studio nowadays it's it's bullshit you know like everybody yeah. sounds perfect everybody mm -hmm. yeah yeah like uh you could dedicate your your life um to a specific style and then somebody one year in sounds the same you know like it's a producer's fault it's also drummer's fault you know i don't know i don't know uh i don't care you know for me it's uh it's a live thing i gotta go play live so whatever the producer wants to do you know uh it's uh it's my decision at the, in the end because you know that's my thing that's my art i gotta yeah. go do it live i you know people are gonna judge me and you know sometimes they wait uh to judge you and uh i'm very <laughs> proud for what i do so i want to do it right that's yeah. it dude you killed man <clears throat> i saw i saw niall the first time with with tony and then that was only once and then i think the second time i saw him was with you at, at the pound and sf outside opening for anthrax and I met you oh, that, yeah. that night. I, I briefly I, met you, Rock by. I was like, what's up, George? And I like introduced yeah. myself and we talked for like two seconds. But you're, you're I remember you're, that show. Yeah. That was yeah. were you there, Joel and Anthony? Were you guys at that one? I don't know. I'm just laughing at the chat right now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I fuck with the chat for a second. What was going on? We got a shout out for <laughs> Joel 7G's coming through with uh does yeah, he has, do uh, singles uh, or doubles for double bass. <laughs> I just fucking that just hit me. I'm oh, sorry. No, no, I think jokes. I think he's talking. I think he's talking about. Oh, he's talking about. Okay, he doesn't singles. do doubles. You don't do doubles, right, George? Or oh, not, okay, like, yeah, usually. Okay. No, no. no, yeah, no. He's all singles. Just, just, dude. And then, uh, I mean, I'm. No, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I am against. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say yeah, yeah, yeah. that against. You know, I can't. I can't go there and say, "Oh, this is bullshit." Blah blah blah. You know, because, dude, like ninety-five percent of people. They play doubles now so yeah. i just i don't care you can do whatever you want for me it's a personal thing 
it, it is a personal thing, but you know, there, there's, there's a lot of things uh, that makes you lazy. That's what people need to understand. Like, you know, yeah. uh, the two foot blast. Okay. Why, why should you go with two foot, uh, with, with, with one foot, you know, it hurts and blah, 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 because it will make you faster. You know, that that's, it's so simple. Like, the faster you can go with one foot on a blast bit, you know, the same you can play double bass. So, I, you know, it's a little bit sad that people looking into techniques like it's a, it's like a pill and you get it and, you know. Yeah. And they're missing the whole fucking trip. Like, okay, my progress. This is the fucking instrument. I got to play and progress. That's it. You're missing it. Mm-hmm. You're missing yeah. the whole thing. It's like you have a, you know, you go with a woman, you know, and you go straight at the end. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're missing well, like, the, the, the whole thing. You know, that's it's like a the cheat joy. code. It's like a cheat code. It's like, it's like, you know, you got video games back in the day and, and you were playing at Nintendo and then yeah. there's a guy that gives, has a code that gives you all the weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, right. get, you get all the, all the, you know, it's like, cause people are playing drums yeah. and they're like, well, if I do doubles, I'm making the progress uh, audibly faster than, you know, I, yeah. by going the old school route and actually just learning it. You know what I mean? Yes. But everybody the- forgets the journey. Everybody forgets yes, the journey. Yes, getting there, man. For me, that's the most important yeah. thing. Why people care about, oh, yeah, man, I should, you know, I can I can see my students, like, stressed. And, you know, they want the result, like, in day one. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. No matter how much, how, how many techniques you're going to try, like, it's not going to happen. And if it happens, then you get fucking bored. And, you know, we see death metal drummers quitting every day, every day. Yep. Like, yep. It's, it's actually, for me, so many years of the same band is, like, you know, it's it's strange to some people, you know, it's or, you know, Hellhammer, you know, for Mayhem, you know, you know, we're like we just, you know, play music. And some people are like, man, so many years. And then I see drummers coming and go and, you know, like quitting and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever with uh, excuses and, you know, whatever. Because, like I said, they're missing the joy. You can mm-hmm. become Derek Roddy in two years. Unfortunately, exactly. I wish I wish there was a pill or something. You know, I will, I will buy two back then, but you know, it's, <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed being sloppy. Like I'm very proud for that second horror demo, which is it sounds like shit. I know, uh, you know, like the sound and everything, and uh, the, the tuning on the snare, and there's a lot of popcorn, you know, and the kicks and stuff. But I'm very, very proud because we did it in a couple of hours. We went to the studio and just banging. I'm like, man, this is this is real. And yeah. It was a. Uh, it helped me getting the gig with Nile because you know. You can't fool these guys around, man. You know, they, they play with the best. You know, they had Pete Hamura, uh, a legendary yeah. drummer, legendary yeah. drummer. And, you know, people don't talk about Pete very often, which is a big Seriously. mistake. Yeah, he's... Point, man. You know, I love that first album, dude. That yeah, just... but people are like, they want, like, the speed. And, uh, you know, talk about, yeah, but... you know, Derek and George. And, you know, but Pete was the foundation of the band. Mm-hmm. He was, like, the main guy with Carl. And we owe him so many. Um, oh, and then, you know. Dude. Yeah, uh, Derek and you know everybody. So, like I said, man, it, it's you know you can't be these drummers. You know you gotta go. You know you gotta spend the time. And you know, I think it's a uh, it's it's a really inspiring thing to to get a little bit better. Like you know, for me in the brass thing, you know, it was you know I I got I wrote some songs and played, and you know there was no pulse, there was no groove. Although I, I had the technique and I was playing, everything was like you know. They look pretty okay on the grid, you know, but it has it had no balls, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yep. uh, finally, I, I can feel the progress. I'm like, okay, that's really really cool. So yeah, 
that's yeah feeling the progress dude i think that like just to touch on that one more time with uh the human nature it's not just about music it's about everything dude we're we're um we're selfish in nature and we're also spoiled in the sense that like we can we can envision what the end product of a thing is but we're a lot of us are too lazy to get through that journey to get to that end result. But after the end result, if you did do the journey, you find yourself looking back satisfied at yourself and going through that journey in the first place. Exactly. There's nothing better than waking up in the morning and like you've been working on something the, day, the night before or something and you wake up in the morning like last night, you, you finally got it. You know, yeah. you got the thing you've been working on. You've been working on it for tirelessly. And you wake up in the morning and you're excited. You're like, I got it. Oh, yeah. I need to go it's back and there. start playing again. Yeah. You know, like, it has this, like, this uh, kind of compounding, um, this momentum that you get from it. You're like, oh, my God. I, I got that thing I fucking could never get. I made I got something. I so made now, something like, I wanna, for nothing. Yeah, I'm going to sit down. I'm gonna, I can't wait to go sit down and go work on it more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, it, and just keeps like kind of progressing. You're, you're, you know, getting better and better. Well, I think it like shows like, you know, when you play live, like, you know, first of all, this is sound is different, but it also shows like when, when you're someone who's been doing this for such a long time and putting your life heart, heart and soul into it, it comes out when you play mm-hmm. and it's, it's more entertaining. And like, it's kind of like, I think there's something important to like, I mean, back when I was growing up trying to, you know, I would listen to Tool and Danny Carey, like, you know, in high school and stuff and drummers. And then I was like, okay, I want to do double bass and stuff. And then I've gotten to metal and stuff, but I'd listen to these albums and I'm like, how, how do they do? I I got a double bass pedal and I can't, how in the world do they go this fast and sound like that? And, and, you know, have that stamina and all that stuff. I just couldn't understand it, you know? And like, um, and so I think it's like people just, it's like when you when you watch Nile play and, and you see you play that stuff live or or like when I saw Tim Young play for Vital Remains or something like that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. dude, like, you know, like you just th- there's so much energy skill like built into the whole thing. It's like watching a legendary boxer or something, you know, and it's like you could come in. It's like a UFC or something like you bring in some crazy like tricked out dude and then go up against just this OG guy just takes just a different style you know and i respect all the different you know players and different things in it but i i do find it a little to me i mean i'm i'm i come from that older like generation where to me that's the most entertaining is like watching roddy or guys like you just go up there and just nail it out and all the one footing and the same i mean for me that's just like what i grew up on and that's what i know and the new stuff's a different thing and it's crazy but that this there's um it's just a different thing and to me it's more like brutal like you know like it's more like damn do that i mean you're like do that guy's up like dude there's this live video that we've always watched of you george it's like kind of red and stuff i don't know what it's like an old video but it's just unreal dude like your feet the annihilation like, of the wicked video Jesus, dude. it's like yeah. you still i could put on right now like anytime and just be blown away like i'm like like it's live and just watching i mean you play like doubles like speed but singles and that's dude insane like people i mean people know it's insane but like you got to really understand like people like how hard it is to do that like you can't like physically do that unless you just (laughs) it's insane you know um i i know i know why people you know search for easier you know uh ways to play you know because you know it hurts fucking hurts like (laughs) i had 10 to 90s in both of my legs and to be honest right now i 
also have something, you know. Uh, but I do now. I know the drill. You know, I do like uh, some specific uh, stretch, stretching exercises. Warm know, ups, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it hurts. But like I said, um, maybe it's uh, you know the, the the one foot thing, and you know like playing uh, the way you're supposed to play, like uh, the more old school drummers used to play, but just faster. You know, we just had to push, had had to train, and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have a career. That's it, you know. Like yeah. if if you can't have a career by following shortcuts and stuff, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way. Yeah, you know, there's no way. For me, I like, attribute for example, it to like working out in the gym. You know, yeah. like you you're not going to make gains if you don't hurt yourself while you're yes. working out. You know, it's yep. it's it's yep. never fun. It's never fun. I mean, yeah, in a in a sadistic kind of way, it could be fun, but like yeah. or masochistic or it, that's even the way you say that <laughs> word, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, yeah. it hurts to to make it those sucks. gains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sucks. You know, like, the warm ups every every morning here. Uh, now we we are in the process of, like writing uh, new Nile songs, and uh, I have uh, seven demos which I need to write a little bit better, tighter. You know, with uh, some more final feels and stuff. So what I do is like I come here in the morning and just try to warm up a little bit. Although it's really warm these days here in Greece. And uh, I play a set list. That's it. You know, just yeah. play, play like a couple, uh, a couple tracks, maybe three, sometimes four. It depends, you know. And then just hit a set list, one hour and a half. That was it. Uh, even add some brass project songs, you know, some more funky stuff at the very end. And then I'm ready to record, you know. So that will yeah. be my my warm up thing. So that What's only your... dude, like, right before I I start recording demos, I'm sweat. Yeah, like everywhere. Yeah. Like, I'm just ripping. Yeah. You know, like, What's your favorite so. song to warm up to? Uh, I take it by uh, by BPM. I would say, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. I take it easy, you know. Uh, so like um, smashing it into uh, defiling mm. the gates of his star. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, that 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 is my favorite. Defiling the gates of his star. Uh, usually, oh sorry, usually it's like our our number two song on the set mm-hmm. list. We really love this song, and it's like a cruising, like two forty-ish, you know, um, which is it's it is fast, but somehow the the song is built it, and you know, so, there's something makes it a little bit uh, easier than others. I don't know, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. and it's got some some long bombs and you know blast beats and double bass and all this stuff. So I know when I finish that track, you know, which is number two usually, uh, I'm ready to go. I can yeah. go for three hours and no problems, you know. But Damn. The first track we play live usually it's uh, "Sacrifice" and "Tisobek," which is from Annihilation. Yes, uh, definitely a stupid choice. <laughs> <laughs> Two sixty-five single foots, you know, like uh, yeah. But you know, I know, I know, it, it will hurt a little bit uh, sometimes. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry, I had a phone call. That's all good. What are you guys? You should answer it right now. <laughs> yeah, answer on the, on the, it's actually Carl. Is it <laughs> really? Oh Go for it's it. Speakerphone. Yeah, it goes for FaceTime, so you guys disappeared. <laughs> anyway, so I know it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to hurt a little bit, you know, like track number one. And then I know uh, it might affect everything. You know, like I can, you know, like get hurt or something. So I take it a little bit easy. I don't want to ruin the show. I want to, I want the fans to get something, you know, like, like a cool song, you know. 
but yeah, my favorite one is Defiling, which is number two. And then after that, I'm ready. I'm so ready, you know. Nice, but, dude. I can confirm I saw you guys play LA the day after the master class that I attended and it was it was sacrifice into defiling and <laughs> and as an old school fan I was like hell yeah this is the shit right now dude this is I'm in my moment of bliss so, so. you uh, I, I want to go back but first now that he had mentioned that did you kind of set up your master classes around the tour that you were on is that is that kind of how you do it uh that was a very special one oh, in LA okay. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, uh, organized from Axis, you know, like uh, the main guy mm -hmm. in Axis, uh, Zed. He's a good friend Zed of mine. Zed well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, he's got his own company, and you know, he uh, organizes some master classes or clinics, or you know, uh, he actually just started, you know, but he's doing great. So he was mm -hmm. like, "Man, you know, we could we could probably do it," and you know, but dude, everything it was just wrong. Like everything was wrong for this masterclass, but hopefully we did it, and thankfully we did it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh, we spent like six, seven hours, right? Yeah, like, we started at 10, 10 a.m. and we went yeah. till four, and my car battery had died, so on in the morning. <laughs> so on my way to the masterclass, I had to call and get my car started, and I'm like, shit, I'm gonna miss the first. 10 yeah. minutes 15 minutes who knows how long but then i made it at 10 15 and you guys were yeah. like but i didn't grab a uh, beater pedal uh or bass double i didn't bring a double bass pedal okay and i show up and i'm the only guy without their own double bass and this guy's there with the tricks <laughs> and Azario, and i'm like shit i'm like dumb why didn't i think that i would need this you know and um but i still had a lot of fun following along and uh it was actually a very good master class and we had a pizza party in the middle and uh it was it was good man but you know there was there was so many like for example we couldn't find the club we found yeah. uh we found that club uh originally i supposed to play there i wanted to play i wanted to play like two hours you know it's solos and brass shit and you know metal stuff and you know and then uh, that was my my uh the first thing i was thinking you know but then mm -hmm. of course uh going like to the same club one day before and play then it's, it's like you're stealing people you know from the from the actual show so mm -hmm. i couldn't do that to the promoter i'm like oh man i gotta you know i gotta think of something so then we did it like a educational like a school thing like a master class so that will not affect the show and i'm, I'm pretty sure it didn't affect it and it was a really cool show uh mm -hmm. but then it was you know we couldn't find the club it was fucking valentine's day bullshit you know like <laughs> like there was there was so many problems that you know like somebody didn't want this masculine to happen you know yeah. so that was the reason you know we had like uh 12 13 people or something you know yeah that was it but you know um that's it's a masculine it's not like it's not a show uh but it was it was cool there was a couple people also uh, attending who I'm in touch with. There's Blastbit Metal Drumming who has a Twitch channel, so follow Blastbit Metal Drumming. And there's another guy, I think his name is on in, uh, Instagram, The Ultimate Apocalypse with an eight instead of, you know. And uh, they're both great drummers and I'm in touch with them now. So we all networked at the event and had a great time. And Zed, Zed is uh, Zed Amarin, Amarin Percussion. He's doing more master classes, so follow yep. Zed. He's a great drummer he's got a cool band called anubis and uh yeah. yeah i think for a you know for starting out and and starting his own percussion company he's doing all the right things yeah. so yeah is yeah, that this killer man you know um but you know i heard the 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 market in la is a little bit weird you know with uh clinics and master classes and all this stuff you know um i don't know for some reason in europe for example sometimes i do some master class i have like 300 people you know it's crazy Wow. Um, not, 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 not masterclass, sorry, uh, or 
like a clinic, like a performance, clinic. you know, like mm -hmm. a drum festival, you know, people are, are really, really into this stuff. They want to connect with the artists. And um, like I said, I was in Bulgaria a week ago and uh, there is something, you know, I kind of tried to get away from the educational thing because so much, you know, like for so many years, I, I do so many years. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to talk about, yeah, this is the technique and blah, 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 this bullshit. I just want to inspire people and, you know, just play and give them like a good show, you know. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, you know, if somebody asks anything, I will break it down and, you know, explain everything. Um, so we had like 200, 250 people or even more. Yeah, it's pretty massive, you know, uh, first yeah. time doing like a festival in Bulgaria. That was like really, really special. And uh, I also separated the, 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 my set list. It was like uh, the metal thing first and then a lot of brass songs and then uh, some solos in between and then some uh, a couple more metal songs or something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know how, how people would, would take that, you know, but um, thankfully they were like... Uh, more excited to to be honest you know yeah. they, they, they like this uh contrast you know totally so that was cool but I, the way I heard I heard there are not so many people going to clinics and stuff that's what I heard mm -hmm. um I was thinking from you know maybe your perspective it must be fun to do clinics uh like drum drum events where you get to be kind of you know maybe the representative of your metal drumming style and of course you know bring in all the other styles you're you're excelling at but uh it's not like a metal tour where it's all metal the whole night or the whole day and that must be cool as a musician to get to sort of get to see other drummers and other styles as you're there yeah i mean to me it's it's you know there's no such a thing like okay extreme drumming and then the real drumming you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i think this is bullshit you know like i think extreme metal drumming is uh it's very intense. It requires a lot of dedica dedication, man. So many years and a real passion. Because even if you have the techniques, or the speed, or you name it, you know, if you don't like the music, you will never play that music. You know, that's that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I you know I always talk about different styles, because there is no negative things. You know, playing different styles. Okay? No. Uh, you get extra work. You get uh, more motivation for sure. A hundred percent, because for me right now, uh, although I really admire metal drummers, I can't get inspired, you know, from somebody who's doing what we were doing like twenty years ago, or, right. you know, whatever. So I can see some uh, young people, you know, uh, new names, you know, like killing it, you know, but it's nothing new. That's that's the main problem, you know. It's mm -hmm. not new. It's it's tight or it's faster, you know, whatever. But it's not new to be like, wow, I love this. Yeah. Uh, so I try to, you know, seek for inspiration to other styles. Um, and then, of course, you know, learning to play other styles of music helps me to have extra work, you know, with a lot of sessions, uh, you know, albums, which I do every year. Um, I get stuff in, in my playing, you know, obviously. Uh, so there, I don't find anything negative, seriously. And yeah. I know I will never become like uh, like one of the best funk players or jazz. You know, I know. It's not going to happen. Uh, you can be as good as uh, to one style. Like everything else is going to be okay. That's that's enough for me. I want to be okay. You know, I want to be good. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I do it. I do it for me. Like I do pretty much everything else. Like I, we write music. Um, I, actually, I did said that um, to Bulgaria on that clinic. 
<laughs> and it's it's pretty heavy to say, you know. But I was like, you know, I don't play for them. I play for me, you know. Mm-hmm. When we do new Nile tracks and song, uh, the songs and, you know, albums and all this stuff and, you know, like uh, booking drum festivals, I do it for me. Yeah. I'm not going out there and serve and, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was always playing for me. I don't really give a shit, you know, if people will like my music or not. But obviously, when we have a new Lyle track and, you know, there's, you know, reviews and people love it, this is the best feeling in the world. But I can't write new Nile music thinking about what would they like. Yeah. You know, this is, yeah. <laughs> it's not art, yeah. man. This is bullshit. Yeah. We say so, that a lot, dude. That is a, the same uh, attitude. And I'm, I say it without any, you know, feeling negative about it in the sense that when we make art it's for us first yes you know i'm 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 not gonna we're and and it's naturally like that we're not going into it necessarily with that attitude it's just you have to be you have to be good with your art first before you give it out to the world you know because then you're if you're not doing it that way you're um lying to yourself yes and so then, it becomes kind of like it's like it's kind of like pop music it's like uh shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> bass shit up real quick um it's like pop music you know i mean pop music's written for the masses first yeah. and then yep. uh the the artist's second and and this and style of music for that and there's a style of mu- this style of music doesn't really that's obviously not we're not in it for like the pop aspect of it because it's not popular at all you know what I mean? Well, you got a like, guy like Elton John and all that stuff who actually are in it for making. Well, yeah, those, those are like kind of like the forefathers of you know like making big songs and stuff. But nowadays it's yeah. like such a formula yeah. of like it's like it's all you know like co- like the chorus like it's got to have the the snappy chorus. You know that's like the number one thing that'll sell the records. That's what the the higher ups want, and they have you know like you know Beyonce will write a record, and there'll, there'll be thirty two people writing on that yeah, you know? yeah. like you know and you like, notice it's, it's psych- psychologically written too it's not it's not like written like uh in this pure form anymore the, mm-hmm. i mean the pop music is like you can tell it's like written by psychologists almost like it's like what's gonna get stuck in your head and what what's gonna make you purchase it you know and I mean? also you notice the length of these songs now i know I've, I've noticed a few popular songs that you know my family might Bryce listens to the radio and the kids are always into pop music, you know, whatever is most popular. And uh, I noticed that these songs are now less than three minutes long. And I was like, why oh, yeah. are these songs so short? Like two and a half minutes. And yeah. so I, I actually did yeah. a little research and I went into it and, it, and it's because of uh, streaming. It literally is, yeah. it makes you come back to listen to it again because it's, it's so a, short. It, one stream is one stream. So it's like, whether it's, you know two minutes long or it's 11 minutes long it's one stream you know it's like so that's like uh it definitely you know, see. yeah it yeah, really yeah, yeah. It, it leaves you want but it's that formula that you're talking about where they you know the the four notes that that is like uh used to catch the ear and then the catchy hooks on top of that and then um but it's yeah. not long enough, so you want to go back for more of it. It leaves you constantly wanting, you know, well, which, you're, you're you yearning know, for this. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, like, I mean, uh, I try not to bash any music ever. Like, because, you know, I meet so many different people, and they have their own 
they have their own styles and what they like. And, you know, I'm not trying to be like when they play me their thing to be like, oh, it sucks. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do that ever. And uh, and with a lot of the pop music and stuff, actually, there there is some sort of weird art in pop music of like yeah. of the people that write that music. There's like an art to it that I'm like, I'm kind of impressed with a little bit. Right. It's not it's not obviously what I'm seeking at all, but like there's so something that, guys, dude. Yeah, I'm just trying to like, you know, wrap my head around like a, someone shows me like a, a country song. They're like, the song's so cool. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll listen to it and I will I'll give it a hundred percent of my brain and I'll listen to it and I'll like understand where it's coming from and what they're what they're trying to grab and stuff like that. And I'm like actually kind of impressed sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, that's you know, it's catchy. Like, I mean, I can understand the yeah. demographic that's going to get into this. I can understand like, like someone's like put a product forth. That's going to make money. You know, it's like they are musicians that write this stuff, you know, and then mm -hmm. they, and they understand what, the, what their intent is and they do it, you know, and they, and they pack arenas with the stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, there's an art to it too. There's an art to the pop stuff too. I'm not just trying to shit on. Yeah. All pop. Have no. you, uh, have you seen the South park episode where he does the Lord songs, Randy? Uh -uh. That one? Oh, no, no, I haven't. He makes the music. He like he like he he is Lord. Is like the the whole. Oh, thing. Lord, is it Lord, Lord or, or whatever? Lord, uh, you know, okay, you know, okay, like, okay. dude, watch that South Park episode. It's so. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. there's there, there's an art I, to it though. There's an art to the the pop stuff too, and I'm not trying to like say it's say it's negative. No, but, it's for know, it's for and I'm, and I'm not a saying younger, a younger like so you give you give kids Anthony. It's like it's like yeah. voiced for like kind of a younger brain, kind of just mm -hmm, like to listen mm -hmm. to something and be like, I'm into it immediately. Like, well, yeah, the it's simplified. It's simplified yeah. in a sense that you don't need to um, be this deep into music like we are with our music. It's just something that it 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 it's on the surface and it's it pushes these surface buttons for people. You know, yeah. You just got, you want music on, but you don't necessarily want to have to work while you're listening. We work while we're listening. Our minds are are churning as we're listening to the music that we listen to, but they just want pop music is just for people who just want some background shit going on while they're doing their own thing, you know, yep. and, and, and a couple of lyrics that might pertain to the, the commonalities of being a human. And you're like, Oh, I can actually relate to that because everybody relates to it, you know? All right, enough about fucking pop music, dude. Let's George, get back uh, into George. George was going to say something. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, first of <laughs> all, it. it's a genre that I force myself to play as well. So uh -huh. yeah. I do practice pop music. I yeah. don't know too much of it, you know, but I go online and search and find something and and then, you know, just play along, just try to do my job as a drummer and serve the, the, teacher, the yeah. music. Uh, yeah. Then I did a session uh for a, a pop artist here like well, it was only one song but it was a great experience and uh, i always i was always wondering like what if somebody like famous pop artist and uh, you know he or her you know ask you to join you know that'll be that'll be very interesting i think yeah you know, go there with electronic drums or a double bass kit and just, dude, you know, just dude. groove you know play stadiums and you know like uh everything on the click i think you know, of a, the artist thundercat have you heard of the artist thundercat george 
maybe he's playing stadiums now by the way i think yeah that's what i'm saying so this (laughs) is a guy who's in the pop culture i mean in that in that realm but actually is a real musician who crazy bass heads bro oh dude you know there were so many pop albums that vini colaito played oh yeah oh yeah yeah. so yeah you're like you know yeah, some people just get the best musicians, and you know, uh, I know of course nobody will call me. You know, to the, hey, we get you know, we have the ballet, and then you you'll be behind, and you can bring the double bass. You know, <laughs> <laughs> dude, so, yeah. Funny, yeah, I was I'm just thinking sure. that. I was like, I was thinking that. We, like earlier, I was like going to ask George. I was like, dude, like I wonder if if you got asked to join like like some huge band like that, it'd be insane, dude. Like, uh, I mean, like, what if you did both? You know, you like tour with Nile, then you also yeah. tour. But like the. <laughs> I was like, I'm really into that. Um, the drummer, Ricky, I can't remember his last name, um, but he, I think he's the drummer for uh, The Weeknd. Oh, shit. Um, Ricky okay. something. I always forget his last name, but he, I follow him on Instagram and he posts these pictures of when they played at the Super Bowl and he has his drum kits like set up and it's just the freaking stadium in front of him, like the whole place. He's like, right. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool, dude. That's you another know? example of an artist that I enjoy, yeah. The Weeknd. Yeah, I the like Weeknd's a good, few yeah. of his songs, dude. Not yeah, all of them, sure. but he kind of like he takes that MJ style that Michael Jackson and puts it into like the current. Yeah, he just kind of like kind of it's kind of like like Michael Jackson was the Black Sabbath, and now he's like trying to like make it more right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's taking it, and trying to do something more smooth with it. I yeah, no, it, I, I actually no, actually uh, speaking of that, Casey, that's a good point you make because uh, I had uh, an ex uh, uh, take me to uh, Lady Gaga, and they had a they had a punk guitar player guy that was the guitar player they had like a professional band you know that was moving around on, like this on a platform that was just moving and they're going there the band's moving from side to side and uh i hit him up on facebook and i was like man like you went from this punk band to playing for like lady gaga now like how is that like i just want to know the transition of what that's like you know like yeah you're going from like playing you know like little clubs to a, a, you literally are choreographed you have to move at certain times and you have to like do things at certain times and he's he's like it's insane but it's the best you know it's the most crazy progression i've ever made in my life like it's the hardest thing i've ever done like you know like going into you have all these eyes on you you have to make sure you're you're, yeah, see, you're taking the right steps and all the things and, that's yeah. the thing about pop music is that they kind of, the performances visual. are like gnarly yeah. like the music itself might seem simple to us you know with the yeah. but it's like first of all the production is a whole nother thing like, pop, pop productions this whole thing yeah but like but like yeah man like i mean if you like the music or not whatever but like you got to perform that stuff perfect and you got to yes. i mean they work hard to play that and the dance and all that can you imagine things. missing yeah. a note or something like you're the guitar oh, player yeah. you go you go like eh. You, super like, noticeable a note too. in front, in yeah, front of like right. a pop song a number one yeah. hit in the country and you fuck up a note or something <laughs> right, dude. that's yeah. why I always, I always attribute freddie mercury as oh yeah the best he's the best yeah. front man because like that was before all the lip singing and shit and just watching the theatrics of him on stage you know yeah. running around stage the whole time belting out all those notes. catching the mic and shit and like catching the <laughs> mic just all of a sudden boom i'm on the piano now and i'm fucking shredding on the piano and she's just like oh yeah dude the confidence that... he had is just unmatched you know and the best voice best, best voice hey yeah, he's a good singer too oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know i wanted i wanted to add something on the on the pop thing which you know like i said i i use it with my students too i'm like you know sometimes mm-hmm play like a pop song okay here's mm-hmm. a song just you know whatever played but don't use the crash and they're like 
uh, you know, or you know, don't do drum fills. Just stay on the groove. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you yeah. when you play the crash, you get a minute, not like every four bars or eight bars. You know that mm-hmm. we're trained in death metal. You know, so maybe a few back on the hi hat without a crash. You know, so it's a good you know it's a good exercise. You know to you know get into pop music and try to analyze a little bit the style. You know what these drummers are doing, and you know like I said, you know most of the musicians there are like the best. You know Tony Royster plays for Jay Z now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he makes a pause and he's like keeping it simple (laughs) and we you know yeah i know very well what he can do you know uh but yeah he serves the style do you like eric moore i love eric moore of course he's just ridiculous he plays for an artist uh, italian artist right now uh eros ramazzotti uh thomas bridgen was there before yeah yeah yeah. and i know uh i i heard vinicolato played on uh one of uh his albums I got big wow. respect for this guy because he's like he's one of my uh uh pop playlist you know whatever you know uh yeah. because he's got the best musicians you know he's like okay i'm on eric moore from the states like you know fly eric moore like uh you know i'm pretty sure you know the rest of uh, the band you know maybe it's international or maybe only italians but the best for sure yeah and uh then they go live and they play and uh Eros is like, uh, you know, he plays stadiums, obviously. And I would say nine, 99.99% are women. <laughs> women do this. <laughs> women. What Everywhere. a bummer, man. What a bummer. What the, what the fuck's yeah. a woman, dude? We play death metal. <laughs> yeah, know, right? right? Yeah. Complete opposite, yeah. But uh, it, it's, it's very funny. It's very funny. And, uh, of course, Eric is killing it. Yeah, that. dude. I mean, like those sound check moments and stuff. Oh man, he's those amazing. gospel chop battles that there's just so many videos. Oh, even it, even not with just Eric Moore, but just the that that whole um, community. Like I, I'm I'm big into hip hop too, and I love freestyle battles. And it's totally a freestyle battle that's happening between drummers, and and you could see how much um, heart goes into those battles because they're actually laying it all out this is this is what yeah. i can you know this is what i'm uh, yeah. um putting forward as my my representation is myself you know and yeah eric like, moore was just a great great example alex is the reason why i know about gospel, oh yeah alex bent yeah Al, uh gospel chop chops like drumming when they're going off is just like it's like the second i mean compare I mean, or more gnarly it's like death metal drumming and that to me is like some of the most, I mean, it's so crazy and so fast and just yeah. intricate. And and know. seeing a death metal drummer, like I see in the chat, they brought up uh, Roddy versus Eric. And, yeah, was, and yeah, that video. I never actually saw that That's video. Great. I never saw that video, but it's great. I'm thinking, you know, if you are a one trick pony type metal drummer and you go into that, that realm, you're going to get annihilated, bro. You're it gonna get oh, if you're not Derek Roddy, exactly. You're yeah, gonna you're be like, wickedly yeah. annihilated. Yeah, we yeah. we have these we have these jams. Uh, well, too many drum festivals, obviously, um, but also to drum camps, you know. Mm. Um, so I mean, in a few uh, in two weeks, I gotta play with uh, Gerko Borlai, and you know, like Gerko is a machine, man. He's like <laughs> scary drummer, scary. If you don't know Gerko Borlai, you will thank me later. Okay, he's a, yeah. a master. Um, so I got to play with him. I got to, I got to jam with, uh, Horacio Hernandez, you know, like, 
So that's another reason, you know, the thing we're talking about, like, you know, you got to, you know, not get away from the death metal stuff and blast beats, but add to it, you know, add and, yeah. you know, try to, you know, be able to Push it. to do like a drum battle, which, which is it's not a battle. It's just sharing chops, you know, that's, mm-hmm, that's always mm-hmm. fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all know who's going to win. <laughs> you know, if you play with Eric Moore, you know, because yeah, that's yeah. that's his, uh, yeah. his uh, we say the his uh, field, you know, that's yeah. Forte, yeah. So there is no way, you know, to beat this guy, right? Uh, but you know, it's it's all about fun, it's all about you know, sharing stuff. I'm pretty sure Eric, uh, it's all admires, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure these guys admire what we do as well. Oh, yeah, he does uh, like blast beats in it and stuff too, yeah, like- yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, there is, there is, it's, it's true. There's a lot of, you know, like you gotta dedicate yourself to play this style, you know. So, you know, I think, I think they're, they take us seriously, you know. Yeah. Which, uh, that wasn't the case back then, and you know, mm-hmm. you guys know, like back in the day. But well, different drummers, not so well educated, you know, to other styles of music, you know, uh, like, like, how many times I heard like, oh yeah, I never study, but I'm here to do a clinic. What the fuck, bro? Like, seriously? <laughs> like, seriously? Are you going to teach me and you never know? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I heard it so many times. That's why they never took us seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, whatever, yeah. you know? Because nobody knew how to talk, like, you know, and mm-hmm. pass the information, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, money from clinics are good, can be really good, you know? But, dude, you, I mean, you just can't go and do clinics you know it takes a lot of dedication a lot you know you got to know your shit you know um like i said dvds and books all all these man there's years of work it's not you yeah. know it's not like using your name and get like a 50 page dvd uh yeah. book sorry and a one hour dvd whatever and you know create products and get money because eventually people will understand and be like you know so you gotta you gotta and- know what you're what you're doing you show you show that you're not in it for the money because you would split up those four or five hour DVDs in Or I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it is not about money, yes. That's yeah. that's that's first and foremost, dude. I think that all of us in our, you know, little niche underground style of music, like yeah, if you're trying to I mean, yeah, you can make this a career, but like if, if you're, if the money is, is what you're going for, you're in the wrong business guys, you know, in a way, in a way, yes. Although I, and I said it, you know, uh, on my earlier days as well, there is a lot of money in this, uh, style as well. you be creative. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and that, have a lot you know, of dedication it, spend, you, you know, most of your life doing it. <laughs> Exactly, but there are so many windows you can open. Like, you know, I know uh, many drummers who go on tour and then they go back and, you know, just, you know, they're on the PlayStation, just, you know, drinking beer. That's it. So yeah. what if uh, you teach? What if you write a book? What if you do a DVD? Like, what if you do, like, online lessons, uh, master classes, like uh, drum clinics, uh, drum festivals, uh, drum camps, like uh, session work, uh, session touring if you, uh, you want to go out. For me, personally, I chose not to do session uh, touring for other bands because uh, I want to be home. You know, I think I tour a lot already, uh, but I do a lot of studio work. So there is so many windows uh, that you can you can get money from, you know, uh, different uh, sources, you know. It's just, you just have to be like, wake up and be like, okay, that's it, drums. Everything is around drums, you know. 
and that's what I tried to do since 2004. I have no complaints, and uh, yeah. I work a lot. I would say um, I work ten times harder than any of the jobs that I used to have because it's it never fucking stops. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. eight o'clock in the morning, emails, um, whatever, uh, it just never stops. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And my studio is in in my house, so there is no excuse. Like you know, I'm I'm here working all day. You know. Totally, but I love it. I love it though. That's so. It's yeah. It's you wouldn't be. You wouldn't continue grinding like that if you didn't love it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a I have a caveman question because I'm you know I'm not a drummer and we've we've had some you know you know Roddy and Tim Young and all these great drummers on here and I always just want to pose this question because I didn't really know the answer that you're probably gonna give until like having these drummers on. Is it Vinny Caliuta number one for you guys? If you had to pick one, if you had. To, for your number one, that's why I said it's like a caveman question. Number would, um, would be would he be your number one if you had to pick a number one drummer? Is it Vinny? I think this whole number one thing is bullshit, but yeah, it's Vinny. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That is a really no, good no, answer. Yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was making a I joke. Uh, obviously, uh, no, totally, totally. for example, like people say, Buddy Rich, Buddy Rich, you know, uh, yeah, he's not yeah. with us anymore, yeah. of course, you know. Uh, but man, Buddy was, you know, he he was beyond everything like you yeah. know he was playing since he was like two years old or something uh um his music like uh, he played with amazing artists like what he did back then was like insane uh vini yeah vini's vini man he's like you know he's by far like number one but you know next to who like you know weckle is for me it's still uh yeah the same right there uh steve god totally different but you know um he changed the music, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Virgil Donati. Oh, oh yeah, I love Virgil. Yeah. Virgil is a machine. He's he's you know yeah. what he plays. It's like nobody plays. That's yeah. that's jazz that's style. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, like I said, I, I think, uh, and I, I keep to saying that, like you know, whoever has a name probably can play. You know, because I heard people saying like uh, Thomas Lang is a, is an alien. I know he is. He's, you know, what he does, it's, it's insane. Himself. You know, he's, he's yeah. a, a genre himself, you know? Yeah. yeah. And oh, people yeah. are like, yeah, but he has no groove. I'm like, how the fuck is possible to be like so <laughs> much educated? Like he dedicated his, you know, he yeah. does stuff like nobody can do. And you exactly. think he, he's not grooving or something. He's just, you know, chose a different style. Like me, I play extreme stuff. I love extreme music and I will do it till I die. Uh, aside, of course, I wanted to play some funk and old stuff, you know, and, you know, always, they always accuse me for being like, it's only speed, it's only speed, it's only, you know, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's what they see from me. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work outside, you know, uh, the Nile thing. And, you know, like I said, I think I can groove. Uh, but yeah, Jericho Borla is another guy like uh, insanely talented, you know, uh, Eric Moore, obviously. Uh, Ronald Bruner Jr., uh, probably okay. my favorite one in this genre, uh, along oh, yeah. with Chris Coleman. Oh, yeah, Chris Coleman. Both insane, insane. Chris Coleman is such an amazing drummer, man. But, yeah, we can we can talk for hours, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. I, just want, I, want, I wanted the oh, number one. I just want, I wanted the number one, Vinny, because yeah. like, I hear Vinny every time. So I'm like, and yeah. I'm not a drummer, yeah. so I don't know why he's the best. Right, I've, I've, I've seen the... Um, 
you know the the classic footage with him flying into japan uh, roddy roddy showed us that video yeah the, yeah the the japan video and him jamming like chick korea or was it chick well, korea he, and... yeah he sat in for weckle and it was like super last minute like last he got minute, hit, yeah. emergency had to go and then he's smoking like, a cigarette just like just nailing it, it. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah. like 89 <laughs> yeah. or something or whatever year it was so, yeah. like that yeah. being a non-drummer dude you you uh I, I hear from this show or uh, like, for example, Buddy Rich. I didn't even know, think about Buddy Rich until Neil Peart started yep. doing his uh, tributes during drum solos. You'd see Buddy Rich in the background and he'd be going back and forth with footage of yeah, like Buddy Rich. And, and yeah. so I'm like, oh, I got to pay attention to Buddy Rich now because fucking Neil, that's his that's his favorite drummer, you know, and, and Neil's a an amazing drummer too and somebody that i looked up to as a drummer but another guy is we've never mentioned was and we're talking about dvds is jarzenbeck too dude bobby's oh bobby instructional bobby dvd yeah. is something that i he's bought insane. as a non-drummer just to watch him play really you bought that i i, I have that dude. i have that That's dvd so cool. because it was so like epic to watch you you're just like yeah, it's just like visually pleasing. He's got the the symbols behind him. Yeah, yeah, And the and side note, there's a couple of spastic songs on there that aren't on any albums. It's him. Oh and, man, uh, yeah, Pepper Huge Cancer, Pepper Cancer, dude. And this a couple songs that are Pepper that, Cancer. Yeah. What the fuck? I got that. I got that spastic. Uh, that record. Right oh yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vinyl, dude. Yeah. Nice. All right. Amazing. Huh. Bobby's insane, man. You know, like also also like a big influence, and I'm very happy. He actually plays for one of my favorite bands right now, which is Fate Warning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, right. he's got way more gigs, you know. But yeah, he what he did. For a while, right? yeah. Huh? Wasn't so, he Halford for a while? He was a Ron Halford. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Sebastian Bach, and you know, so many bands. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I did actually play the, a song with his brother, Ron Jozombek. Uh, oh. oh, nice. He did. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they had this. Um, what is what was uh, the name of the the band? Blooded Science. Blooded Science. Blooded Science. Oh, yeah. 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 So I remember we, it's a it's a funny story. I can't unfortunately say the whole thing, but you know, um, uh, there were a few drummers trying, uh, yep. but something didn't work, didn't click. I, I don't know. And the last the last one was uh, I think it was Derek, mm -hmm. and uh, he told me. You know, it wasn't working and stuff. So I kind of knew it's not going to work for me either. So I took it a little bit more like for fun. And I told Ron, I was like, hey, man, you know, I don't know about the, the project and everything, but uh, I would like just do one song just for fun, me and mm -hmm. you, you know. And we, we did one of the tracks, which is, it's insane. It's like one and a half minutes, you know. It took me like a week, you know, because the, the, yeah. the click was uh, – it was – the click was stupid, you know. It was like pa 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 pa, da 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 da, like it was all over the place. I'm like, yeah. you know, for me, I would like to have the the, the proper signatures, like you get it, what, uh, 1916s, whatever the fuck, you know, I can play it, you know. Yeah, Just, yeah. But it was it was it was like that, you know. And then I had to go with the music. I had to listen to the track like two million times, you know. But I did it, and it's really really insane. It's really insane. It's like a uh, Richard Christie mixed with Bobby and uh, <laughs> some fat stuff, you know, like, so yeah. I want to hear that. Um, that we yeah, never that, released it, but I got it like, here. Maybe, oh, uh, nice, dude. maybe a secretly show us. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, 
it's just a demo, you know. But uh, oh man, I'd love to hear that. Oh Sick. man, yeah. that is definitely it's a fun. relic that we. I remember there is a. Go ahead, go ahead Anthony. No, I was, I was just yeah. going to say that that's definitely a one of those little bonuses that you would love to experience. Yeah, hearing those two dudes, you know. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, Matt had a secret recording of Tim Young and and Terrence from Suffocation, uh, just jamming. Just yeah. improvising and just brr, Tim just fucking it was so good. But they're like, don't show anybody, like don't you know? So it's never been released or anything, but it's super cool. I don't. Yeah. Know. There was a legendary jam we saw, Casey. We were in uh, with Matt and Flo. Yeah, yeah, we were on tour with the Cryptopsy in Europe, and uh, yeah, Matt Flo, and Flo yeah. just like Flo just got on some random kit, and it was like at a house party or something, and they wow. just freestyled, and it was like everyone was like holy sh like we should be recording this this is like yeah, yeah. back then nobody very had phones i know we had no we had flip phones well, we had, yeah, yeah we had flip phones back then but they were like on a they were like locked in on some sort of like level where they were like like that's a thing too dude it's like, like that's like a like, thing i think that should become a thing dude like if there is like a twitch like stream that was like George is jamming with you know Eric Rutan or some shit. I would fuck. I would watch the shit. Oh out my of that, god! Dude. I would pay for. That. I'd, I'd pay per view that. It just improvise. <laughs> it just improvise. Yeah. It's like the coolest thing ever. Like it's kind of like on the Twitch thing where they're having people just learn songs that they don't know or play along and try to like on the spot learn it. Like it's a cool concept. Like I, I didn't think. I was like, oh, they wouldn't want to see that. Like they didn't want me to learn it first. But it's like, no, no, they actually want to see you. They want to see the process. Know it. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, huh. yeah, yeah, because the process it's, is it's important. Cool. Yeah. It's funny you said Eric Rutan though, because we got really close one time. Yeah. Oh, really? Very close to uh, record for a Hate Eternal. Wow. Oh, uh, well, the, the problem was um, I couldn't jo join the band. You know, I couldn't help, like, because, you know, we were dude. very busy with Niall, anyways. You would murder and, that album, dude. And he, <laughs> he, he, he was like, Hate Eternal. You know, he, he really wanted to play with me. And of course, you know, for me, I got huge respect. You know, Eric Rutan is yeah. like one of my favorite people you know musicians oh, uh, me too everything like i think he, i think he's the most death metal human being right and he's amazing yeah, he's i amazing. think he's the most death he's just like if you had to pick yeah. one death metal like the human being that's death metal i think watching yeah. him with the uh, with cannibal was like yeah. oh dude was like you're just a you're the death metal that's what <laughs> we said that's, <laughs> you know at the, at the end of that night both you and i looked at each other and we were just like that's the goat his head that's banging is every, every yeah. his, his his vibe on stage his solos his, dude because it's like it's like the one foot blast for a guitar though it's like what he does down picking stuff yeah, yeah. and just like yeah, yeah. fucking jesus man you're doing mm -hmm. it like the way it's supposed to be done like yeah you know. yeah he's anyway. a he, man he's a he's a true legend this guy is a legend yes totally definitely definitely and he can play and you know like i really wanted to uh to do something like to do this album you know but uh we're like pretty much two active bands and i, I want to be able to tour and stuff so finally he got uh he got someone that you know he was able to tour but then he left the band i don't know i don't know something happened yeah mm -hmm. yeah and now uh john longsworth uh he's helping out i'm pretty sure john is gonna stay because they sound killer with him as well yeah yeah Fuck yeah so, yeah we did a tour together in europe you know a lot of fun mm -hmm. Anyways. that's awesome man that's awesome so, so i mean both with nile right now i mean uh, you said you have seven songs going um yeah is there is there a tour plan uh, there is tour or no you guys already went through the states or are you coming back to the states soon or what's going on we did six weeks um uh, six weeks uh tour in uh in us uh with incantation mm -hmm. that was right. uh the the most weird tour we ever did because it was with masks and you you, you weren't allowed to yeah. talk to people and you know mm. like don't take pictures with people like all this fucking bullshit, um which finally they're, they're we're almost done almost done 
Um, but yeah, so it was it was a weird tour, um, and we we had these rules and uh, we tried to respect the rules because you know uh, if something happened and we cancel any shows, that would hurt my pocket big time. To me, yeah, actually, yeah. to me and Carl was like a thirteen hundred dollars uh, per person per day. Yeah. If we cancel one show, it was. Our asses, you know, like uh, yeah, flight, we'll tra travel, and all the things you had to put in visas, like and everything, stuff. everything. Each yeah, day, the yeah, tour yeah. bus, like uh, tour bus, yeah, 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 pay the crew, like uh, hotels and all this stuff. Double, you know, we, we did the math. Uh, obviously, the management has twenty percent as well. So it was from me, from my pocket, will be thirteen hundred per day. Damn. So finally, we didn't cancel any shows, and I think some people got COVID there. I'm not sure, you know, because we we didn't test, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, was, I mean, yeah. if you're not, if you're not, if you're not like actually, I mean, like have like symptoms, like I would not want to like yeah. lose money. I'd be like, I'm not going to test. I don't want to test. I'm not gonna <laughs> no, I mean, we're okay. We, we said if something happens and somebody doesn't feel right, you know, of course we will do. Yeah, yeah. What, if someone, what someone's do. suffering. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, other than that, we have uh, we we go to Sweden for Sweden Rock, which is a huge festival here in uh, Europe. Uh, we chose not to do more festivals this year because we. And we're trying to finish this album, and there's a lot of things coming out. Like, you know, like uh, we have an offer for a US tour now uh, for late August. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Nice. Actually, yeah. I think I think it's pretty. Uh, I want to do it, but it will be very stupid to do it because we need to record drums and then Still the rest. Done. You know, yeah. and then I know we have a scheduled tour uh, another six weeks in Europe uh, with uh, with Crisian. So that's going to be a oh, hell yeah. you know. So, okay. And um, yeah, that's it. But like I said, you know, we try to find a window, you know, with um, uh, record the album, you know. And, you know, we, we didn't do it uh, with the COVID because with the, the, the COVID days, because, man, we just had a fucking new album. You know, we just we did release the album. Actually, we did one tour, album release, second tour, COVID. So, mm, yeah. you know, we, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't say. Well, yeah, let's write new music. We just we're just done, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, poor Carl, especially Carl, man. You know, he he had to deal like you know with uh, record everything else, drums we did in Greece, and uh, all the rest in uh, his house. So he had to record each one of these guys, you know, like uh, Brian, Brad himself, of course, you know. So he was like so fucking busy, man. I remember he, you know, he was so tired. You can't put the guy, you know again on the same trip you know we just had a new album we, we didn't expect you know it's gonna be two years and a half but anyways the album is happening right now it's pretty much on the same style similar style to the last one we did which is for me by far my favorite oh, yeah. so yeah a lot of uh stole some gospel shit you know for my uh <laughs> Fuck know, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah. I try to you know i'm just sick of some comments sometimes when people are like yeah man george is fast but he plays the same feels Mm. And you know they say it on tracks I never fucking recorded, you know. So, <laughs> well, hello, you know. And then it's the, the band style as well, so you can't really get away. When I first joined the band, I pushed them to go to the Richard Christie area. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't like it so much because you know it it was confusing. It was you know it was too busy, you know. Mm. Uh, but now me and Carl we talk about this stuff, and you know we we talk about a lot with you know with carl man we, we we seriously we're really good on writing music um for example let's give you a, a concept right now in jazz like you know swing you do the field one 
and the one is after the crash, right? It's never on the one. Yeah, never yeah. So I'm like, what if we we try something like that? And Carl is oh, always like yeah. super cool. He you know he loves music. He loves experimenting. You know with the uh, different styles. He can swing like a motherfucker, man. If, if wow. you hear him play blues, insane. He's he's really good. So you know we 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 talk about stuff like like this, and we're like, I want to do something different. Like I said, otherwise, we, you know, we wrote another analysis of the weekend. You know, get the money, but it's not. You know, we have to be happy. If we're not happy, yeah, we got a problem. Yep, yep. Going That's back to what you're saying, satisfying yourself first, not not just giving to the oh we do the same album over and over again. It's like no, we want to be happy walking out of the, the process and be like fuck yeah, we did something new. You push it yes. a little bit and so yeah definitely and it keeps you a little bit more fresh and you know keeps things uh very interesting otherwise you know i think i will i will i will have you know get bored or something you know do mm -hmm. the same and same and you know play the same songs for so many years and play you know i, I don't want to mention bands who actually do that and they sound the same and you don't know you know uh it, it sounds like a I don't know, like the same album, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I respect this. I respect this, but I don't want it. That's that's the thing. It's like right. it's like pop music. I don't like it, but I respect it. Mm -hmm. And I even try to play it. Uh, but yeah, for, for, for what I do, I just want to, you know, I want to keep it fresh and yeah. uh, being motivated. Otherwise, I just, I get bored. That's it. Right, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, talking about like you, you know, progressing and stuff. We actually have a, a question that actually kind of pertains a little bit uh, to the opposite of uh, talking about, um, like, what's the hardest Nile song you had to learn, or as far as you playing before your time, like you jumping in denial and then having to play, you know, someone else's drums. What was the hardest uh, song you had to learn? I don't even, I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know. I would I would say pretty much everything. So, oh, that's that's a question, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, you know what's funny, and I said it many times. I didn't play on Catacombs, uh, Black Seeds, and Shrines, but I do play these tracks for 18 mm -hmm. years. So now they're mine. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I don't feel I never played these albums. I feel these are my kids as well. Mm -hmm. um i would say something from uh from pete but for sure mm -hmm. i can't think of you know which which specific track but you know it's definitely pete hamura because pete was uh um he had a lot of swing and he had you know he was he was more like into tech you know like mixing rides and stuff and you know like the feel was like out of the you know of nowhere you know just the drum feel or something and you know different values and all, uh, all this stuff so uh tony and derek were like more into my style so that was like okay i get it you know it's fast it's you Comfort know whatever zone. i feel the groove i feel you know i love the feels you know but it's it's my area so it mm. was a little bit uh a little bit easier so yeah definitely definitely something from uh, catacombs that song serpent headed mask is pretty gnarly oh yeah actually <laughs> no, you're, you're right you know you're right because be like even pete he 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 had to come to the to carl's ho uh, home i was staying there uh, by that time and he wrote it down you know he gave me like uh, the notation uh -huh. about how to play oh, nice. 
which is like um, uh, I think I remember so one two three four one two three one two three one two three four one two one two three four five one two one two three four one two three yeah something like that yeah so that was that was pretty fucked up yeah yeah but you know pete in general had many moments like these uh that's why you know i think he's a very underrated drummer man he's by far and uh i'm i'm so happy actually he's back into drumming and you know he he plays um now we're supposed to have a like a, a drummer's hangout sometime, you know. I know he's busy with his work, so whenever I'm, I'm going to be here, you know, talk some drums. It's always fun. That Has sounds he done like... any albums out, outside that album? Has he done any other albums, like, outside that album? Who? Uh, Pete? Has he, has he, did he drum after that? Or did he just um, break, start working? I, and... I think he did some touring for some bands. He's supposed to play for Incantation sometime, okay. which, you know, oh. he can, he, he can, he could kill this stuff. Uh, I know there was a band, uh, Psycho Spoon, I think that's her name. And you okay. know, they, it was like a more like rock, Southern rock or something. It was a really cool, you know. But yeah, I mean, you know, when he quit Nile, obviously he had an injury on, uh, on his uh, shoulder, you know. That's and right. Then that's right. He saw yeah. drummers and drummers, you know, coming in and <clears throat> go and all this stuff. So when I joined the band, he was like, who the fuck is this guy, you know? And <laughs> nobody yeah, knew yeah, me, yeah. you know? Yeah. But you know, we we became like really cool friends. He helped me a lot uh, with uh, some hardware stuff that I was missing. You know, man, Pete is legit, man. He's always like whatever you need, like he's there. You know, he's uh, he's a true friend, seriously. Hell yeah, yeah, it's cool, dude. Well, uh, we're two hours into this. Um, what do you guys think? Should we should we wrap it up soon? I mean. We got one no. more uh, a question, a random question. I, I yes. told people I was gonna. So, uh, so Ozfest 2007, basically just want some. You know, what was it like playing Ozfest back in the day? Obviously pre Mayhem. Um, what was that like for you jumping into that big festival? I think it was. Uh, I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Yeah. Nope. At all. I don't like it. Was it just, was it just like the, it. The, the like the big clusterfuck of everything that's going on? The early uh, loading times, all the all that, or what was? We, we were with uh, Behemoth and uh, with Brovar. Huh? So Brovar? Sorry, it was Brovar. He's a Behemoth guy. Sorry, I'm. I'm... Oh, <laughs> he's okay. he's yeah. a stage manager, Brovar. Yeah, I know Brovar. Yeah, we did, we did many many tours. You know, um, he used to be in, uh, in uh, the agency we usually work in uh, Europe, but you know, yeah. now uh, he works for Behemoth. But anyways. We, we used to be, like, uh, in that smaller stage, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was like a, the Gigameister stage, they call it, they used to call it or something, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, so that means there was a lot of alcohol. That, that was one bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Because we were drinking so much on that tour. Like, seriously, um, there was nothing to do, you know? Yeah. We were, like, we were... Uh, in an area and you know to get the tour bus and get the fuck out of there you know we had to wait until the main show so we're talking about like two o'clock in the morning so mm. everybody was drinking i remember watching everybody getting really really shit-faced um i didn't like the fact that you know we had this rotating uh slot you know and it was like uh sometimes we go like 10 30 in the morning you know play like fuck you know Jesus. <laughs> uh i think i think it was a good exposure i guess um but I don't know, man. I, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it. It was like two months and a half. We didn't get paid. Uh, our, uh, I, I didn't make a dollar, by the way. 
Well, don't, we had, to, don't you have to pay to be on that? Festival? We we invested uh, one hundred twenty thousand. Yes, <sighs> to Damn. get there. Yeah, yeah. But it was the free Oscar, so we were expecting like a lot of exposure, which we got it. I get it. But uh, uh, then we had to play in between shows because uh, Oscars was every other day, and you know, in order to to be able to pay the crew and tour bus and everything, you know. Uh, so it was like two months and a half, like kicking our asses, you know, and yeah. you know we made no money. Uh, and like I said, Auspice was like four songs. That was it, like four songs. Wow. And you had local people trying to get your gear and scratch the shit out of the drum kit. Like it was, oh, God. it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the <laughs> yeah, most organized terrible. thing I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the people and, that won the, the the local like radio contest to like be on there. They're like trying to yeah, be yeah. all like, yeah, yeah. They're not yeah. crew crew. Like it's whatever people, and they you know they just they're there you know to see the show for free, I guess, or something, you know. Wow. Uh, they they definitely didn't help. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, another another stupid thing about Auschwitz. Look, man, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> you have okay, let's say Behemoth is playing, and then we play later, or the vice versa, or something. You have five minutes. You have five minutes to get their shit out and your changeover. shit on stage. Yeah, changeover. Five, Jesus. Five minutes, changeover. Like this is that's wow. impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like maybe seven minutes. Many, yeah, how many times <laughs> how many times we went there, we cut a song, so we play three songs because you only play for twenty minutes. And not only that, but the drum it was all over the place, you know? So yeah. you know what is the, what is the fun of it? You know, what is the fun yeah. of it? I'm just I, imagining you like correct. you hit your last note of the last song and you immediately stand up and take your fucking cymbals apart. You know? uh, well, the local crew was helping by yeah. getting the kick drums and just throw them out, and you know, like it was <laughs> fuck, dude. So I'm, yeah, you can't even sit and, and, and experience it. Really, you, you just know? gotta like yeah. finish the song like Dave Grohl, just like push the drums over and knock them over and just kick them off the stage. <laughs> and, like, you know, <laughs> you know? So that's why I didn't like it, but I get it. Was a big exposure, uh, obviously, yeah. and a huge festival. Uh, not many extreme bands did it, so I'm I'm proud we did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is. It is. Oh yeah. It's 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 a tour model that actually. Uh, uh, I mean, we talked about Trevor earlier. Trevor was when when uh, Black Dahlia they paid to get on there, and they yeah. were like, and that's what kind of catapulted them. Actually, they. I mean, they basically did the Ozfest. I think it was Ozfest, Mayhem Fest or Ozfest. They paid to be on there, and then uh, Metal Blade was like, "All right, it's over." go on tour headline tour right now go yeah. right now yeah. and that's like to make the money back because they invested you know metal blade had invested so much money into yeah, them yeah. same with to us do yeah. that and they it worked you know it was like kind of because i mean black dolly at the time had like that kind of crossover they didn't look metal or death metal at all you know mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. so like they appealed to the kids um as far as like the look was concerned but yeah. the sound was way more aggressive than their look you know so it was like this dynamic that they had and metal blades like just fucking go dude like get all the you know go out and fucking hit the road now and it, it worked perfectly it was like a it was kind of like a model they I, I think black dahlia kind of like i mean a lot of bands have done it in the past but black dahlia like was very successful with it so yep. that was like a, a labels were like fuck it we'll pay you know one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars to just yep. hit the road rafter you know it's like an investment of your time but it's also like you're showing your face but only two or three songs though i didn't know that part that's the the part that makes it weird i thought it would be like at least five or six songs but like well, it's it was 20 minutes for us um there was a there was a couple bands 
uh, were, they were not in their uh, rotating uh, rot rotating slot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Behemoth and Hatebreed, I think. So mm -hmm. yeah, they they had a normal set, but it was like again, it was like thirty minutes or something, you know. So we have we only had twenty minutes. But like I said, the changeover was like, uh, what? Do, yeah, five minutes. You know, what do you expect me to do? Like, you know, be perfect, <laughs> set up and play. You know, there's there's no way. There's no way. It's so, it's like your last your last two hits of your drum. Like you have to like throw your drumstick to like hit perfectly, like to unscrew one of your cymbals. Like you have to, like, <laughs> you have to throw it. <laughs> you're slowly, yeah. You're secretly taking <laughs> shit apart as you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and one time like, we were, sorry, I just had a a, a scene just came uh, from Austin, yeah. and we, we were, I think we were like uh, Austin, Texas, or Dallas, but it was Texas for sure. Um, and there was a, you know, we were, we had the tents and stuff, you know, behind the the, the stage, the the truck, mm -hmm. and uh, it was rain. It was raining. It started raining, like raining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I will never forget. I saw Inferno's kid, you know, Behemoth, uh, and it was like, the, the, if if this is the kick drum, that was in, in water. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like all the fucking the shells <laughs> fucked, you know, like Fuck. uh and my drum kit too. Well my drum they kinda saved it. So we had a little bit of water, but you know, he did a great job. Uh but yeah, I remember all the other drum sets in the rain, like <laughs> like probably and I was like, Oh my god. And I remember like some expensive kits. Mine was a very expensive kit there as well. So, anyways, yeah. Now, some good memories, but you know, overall, like I said, 20 minutes with five minutes uh, changeover, it's bullshit. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't think we we killed it. You know, we performed well. Mm -hmm. They just want they just want to put your name on the flyer and be like, Niall was here. Is what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like we. It's not like they're not giving you enough time to make it really that worth it. But yeah, that's uh It's one. It's like with Summer Slaughter. We did Summer Slaughter. You know, it's like one of those. Uh, yeah, Those tours like where it's like uh it's, it's uh, yeah it's, it's 10 minutes changeovers but it was like you know there's not we don't have a bus driver we're we're driving you know it's like obviously it's three four thousand people a night three thousand you know from a thousand to three thousand a night but the thing is we had to leave right when the show was done and there's a a, a 10 hour drive and load ins yeah. at 11 in the morning and so that means you have to get there just like in the morning so i mean someone has to drive overnight get there unload do this thing do, with the, all the other bands the 10 or 11 bands and like get set up and just like do it over and over and over and over yeah. again with like you know it was no chance to sleep so it was like we had to really be smart about who was going to drive and who was going to you know sleep so it, it was it was a, a mental challenge it was like touring is hard or whatever but like a summer slaughter festival or like a Ozfest festival or something like that where it's like get here early go quick well it's like a yeah. you know everyone's like shifting all the gear like to not lose your gear for one no offense joseph uh <laughs> is, <laughs> uh joseph actually lost some gear this weekend but uh um you if know, anyone like, is coming from sacramento to los angeles in the next few days hit me up <laughs> <laughs> but no it's like it's you know it's such a, a change the changeover is so quick and, and you don't want to like you know you're a professional you're trying to be a professional band you don't want to go on on someone's time like you know there's you know you're taking someone's slot you know if you if you go any farther than 10 minutes like it's on their time you're taking their songs away now so it's like yeah. you had the respect for each other we we're like okay well, i'm gonna do it but it was 
yeah, like you're saying, it's like throw everything off the stage, like get help them get their shit on. It's like a like kind of like a it was kind of like an agreement with everyone. It's like we're gonna help each other. Yeah, but it's gonna be if like both bands are gonna go full bore. You know, if we were playing punk punk music, for example, like something e easier, easier. Yeah, yeah. With you know, like less drums and stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. But you know, you know, with Nile, it was uh, these 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 festivals are always a nightmare. And yeah. I think all these guys should go in Europe and see how things, you know, uh, work in a professional level. You know, with uh, yeah. uh, you know, changing. So how is that? Uh, how is that? How is that? Actually, I would I'd like to know the uh, you play the the big festivals in Europe, the festival yeah. tours and stuff. Like you, what actually? I'm actually might gonna fly out and check out maybe um, not Hellfest, but um, Brutal Bargain. Assault this year. Brutal Assault, uh, okay. possible, uh, yeah. But um, they're so professional and they get all the best bands and they get everything. And um, obviously, you know, having a, a road crew, uh, a European road crew, whether they're Polish or they're fucking on it. They're like, yep. you know, they're very professional. So how does that work with those changeovers like at, at Vakken or at, at uh, Brutal Assault or something? They're just is, is it a huge crew of people just come in and just everyone helps each other or how does that uh, work? Usually we have uh, rolling risers. So, okay. riser, you know, bands mm. finishing, they roll the riser. There's another one ready. So you have Already like two smart. hours to set up all this stuff but uh the most simple thing will be you got two stages already already right mm -hmm. so one is playing the other one is doing the changeover and you know vice versa yep. so yeah it's 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 very simple very simple yeah, yeah. i remember for um uh some some of the festivals we did in us right um summer slaughter right yeah so that was like uh 50 drum kits yeah, yeah. There's no, no fucking room to even move. Yep. And I was oh, like, yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. how do you expect? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Okay. I know some bands want to play, some others want to get paid, and you know, but there, there's a lot of bands that would like, we just want to play, you know. And then yeah. you just add them and add them, and you know, there was there was no room to to even you know leave your like, gear or something like how, adding opening bands on a yeah. on a tour that has twenty bands already. It's like you know, it it's some, like insane. With Summer Slaughter, we played some clubs that uh, are forbidden even to play, to, to go there as a headliner. Okay. Damn. So, and we played there. I was like, I, I can't believe what's happening. Like, <laughs> why? You know? Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, um, if I was organizing a festival and I know what the drummer needs and stuff, I will, the first thing I would take care of would be like not to have like, you know every room like crowded because we couldn't fucking move we couldn't move yeah you just stuck. I, you yeah. know if it was raining for example forget it like you, your gear sure. will be fucked yeah yeah and um uh, and then they're like yeah well, it's a it's a great festival I didn't, yeah <laughs> i didn't feel yeah. yeah i mean you get a lot of respect on uh, you know uh touring and, and obviously like going through summer slaughters or all the festivals that you've been through like when people have it dialed in like a production team has it dialed in it's like you get respect from a, a bus driver that can back up a 16-foot trailer with the bus first try and like downtown like these little things on tour that you just like you guys are yes. fucking awesome like that's yeah. like I, I have so much respect for people that can can keep a tight ship and keep things going um yep. and it's a lot of pe things people don't see you know being in the crowd and stuff but there's some of these yep. folks that i'm just like man you're just as just as impressive as the band like totally get the shit all we, moving we, we got a name for these guys or ladies we call them 
professionals. <laughs> <laughs> do your fucking job, man. You know, if you have a job, just just do it. You know, yeah. and it's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I we deal with so many people, uh, not necessarily drivers, but you know, there's there's some somebody like someone like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a drum tech, you know, whatever, you know, and but they're not professional, and they yeah, just yeah. They, they keep fucking your day up like, like they, no game not helping. yes yeah on the other hand there's many bands are like oh yeah we got these friends to help us because we we don't want to pay you have to pay the professional yeah, the yeah. professional has to act professional you know that mm -hmm. that's it so yeah you can easily me, tell well, you can easily respect. tell who did their ten thousand hours and who didn't you know yeah <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah exactly absolutely yeah that's which uh, they take seven years right say ten thousand hours right. yeah it's yep. about seven yep. years yeah Yep. Yeah, like like a good drum tech like Dave Lozano. He just uh he was on our last episode. He said to say what up to you, George. Good old Dave. You know. Oh yeah. Who? Dave the the drum tech Lozano. Have you do you know him? Uh, he does uh, suffocation, I think. I don't he know. Does, he's the drum tech for like every band. He's uh Okay. I'm Dave, I'm pretty sure yeah. I know him. Yeah, yeah, he probably uh, knows if yeah. you know his face. But yeah, anyways, he he was like, Fuck yeah, George. And he saw you're coming on. But, uh, I think everyone's like "fuck yeah, George" when I saw. Yeah, him. dude. I know, right? I don't want to meet the person who says "not fuck yeah, George." <laughs> it's like whatever. Like we got all the best death metal drummers. Like there's not another death metal drummer that we like. Well, I mean, if, to not go into too much with it, but I mean, the drums are always the most impressive thing to even the outside listener of a death metal band or somebody who's not into death metal. The the things that's going to stand out the most is the drumming first, you know, because to to understand like the guitar riffing in death metal, you actually need that software upgrade in order for it to come across. But one thing that is um, inherent in all humans is the beat. A beat is is beat it out, dude. That's what's up. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we love to hear dudes beat it out and or chicks too. Uh, hearing seeing impressive. Uh, the, who's who's an impressive uh, female drummer? The chick that was on the the first Gorod. couple of Gorod records, dude. Yeah. She is an impressive drummer too. But yeah, just the beat is what is is a uh, language that everybody can understand, and so that's why the drummer stands out first. I know it did for me hearing hearing pete on uh a morbid angel record the first time was it was uh it was just one of those moments where you're just like oh dude this is something it seems inhuman yet it's being you know executed totally. i don't know I, I i but yeah you know what i'm saying all right maybe we should probably wrap yeah, this george. up it's like almost yeah, midnight yeah. george you, what, what time is it in greece right now it's eleven fifty-two. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah, almost midnight. A little, Thank a little you. before midnight. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for giving I, us. I had, a, I had a lot of fun, guys. Uh, I'm oh, extremely yeah. honored. Um, I'm, Man. I had great fun. I'm uh, again apologies for uh, uh, pushing it a little bit later because I fucked up on the calendar. That's, That's good, that is dude. no problem. You shut up, man. You shut up. It's awesome. We had a great time. Yeah, it was great. Super fun. Thank you. Same, same here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Is there any, yeah, uh, yeah. obviously, your your website and any other places you want to plug on the web for people to go to? Um, the website is georgecollis.com. Easy. Uh, my email is there. Okay. So whoever wants to get in touch, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I always had my email, you know, and, uh, open to everyone. 
And I say that because I don't really reply on the social media. I got my uh, on my Facebook, George Golias uh, official. I got messages off uh, because I used to, there were there were so many in the beginning, and we're like you know uh, just cut them out. Yeah. And uh, for Instagram, you can't do that yet. So, mm. and I was by accident. I I, I saw uh, Casey's uh, message there, and we talked, you know. But I'm not really into you know. I I do post there a lot. I, you know, it's it's kind of like my new newspaper, you know, for whatever I do uh, for my friends and fans and stuff. But uh, I'm not like the chatting thing and you know connecting so much otherwise i'll be um i don't know like uh, all day on, on my on my phone you know just replying to everyone right so anyways yeah this is what i use mainly um uh, instagram uh, facebook but uh, if somebody needs to get in touch with something my email is on the website uh, as well as every news uh the band the the new band like i said you know royal time we're, we're gonna have a uh, uh, the album ready about a month or two maybe and we got a new nile album and some personal stuff the project uh, the projects you know the brass project and stuff so i'm pretty excited this is going to be a very busy year very Hell yeah, busy dude. year awesome. it I'm is very, already i'm excited for already. that brass project yeah dude. where are you going to post that again on like on uh, SoundCloud if you go if you go on my uh youtube which is like a gk uh -huh. drummer it's easy to find it uh -huh. um there is two songs. One is called Terra Deserta, and the other one is uh, uh, Master Code YS63. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. What is cool. a master code? What is a master code? Well, the master code is a tribute uh, to my uh, to my teacher and uh, mentor. His name is Yanis Avropoulos. That's with the YS. So that, you know, he he helps me a lot with this project because, like I said, I can understand that much. But, you know, talking to Yanis, you know, uh, he's an amazing jazz player. You know, he, he really helped me to get into the writing thing as well. You know, the, the music production, not only uh, the drumming part. So, yeah, check out the songs. Uh, I think you're going to be surprised. Hell yeah, cool, cool oh, songs. Yeah, I can't wait, dude. Awesome, nice. man. Cool. Dude, George, again, thank you so much for thank giving guys. us your time, dude. This was a Appreciate great, it, great episode. So I, had, I had a great time. I'm... Mm -hmm. so happy that this happened and um we didn't even plug our shit so let's plug our shit real quick um what is it uh these things yeah we, oh, you guys yeah. can get yourself <laughs> some swag dude cali Death yeah, we got, swag. Uh, that's what's up t-shirts <laughs> shout out james and justin for wearing shirts out to the shows i played this weekend it was awesome seeing you guys and nice uh, dude so yeah. is it cali death podcast <laughs> dot big cartel dot com is that what it is Yep, yep, yep. Um, so. yep. Go go support the the show, guys. We're gonna keep going for you guys as long as you're here with us. So help us uh continue growing and uh tell your friends, you know, all that shit, dude. Hit the buttons. We love the buttons. Um yes. George, I love you, man. I love I love how humble you are. I love the the humbleness of like yep. big death metal musicians are, you know, it's what's the that's what makes the world go around in our our you know in our universe. So I appreciate you being cool and and showing up and talking, man. I, I really like it. Cheers. Yeah, totally. I, I was, was like uh, amazing. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Oh yeah. I was like feeling like a little nervous today, like in a good way. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's gonna be great. And like it was the same thing. And then he's just super chill. We had we well, the first big drummer we had on was Derek Roddy, like from that, and it was just like we were like, he was so chill because I I've hung out with him a few times and I 
kept in touch and he came on and we were just like dude he's the coolest and then tim young comes on and he we were chatting till like midnight like you know here in pacific time and like the nicest guy in the world like and then i was like dude george is gonna be the same and you were well dude what's cool about feeling those nerves too is it it yeah. still like shows that the show is exciting to us as the hosts Hell still, yeah, dude. you know like yeah. we're this far into it but we still are like we sometimes get those nerves and that excitement mm -hmm. for for being able to talk to uh, a, a legend for multiple decades for us dude you know so really dude ah, i love it I, all i dude. don't i don't think there are, there are many people in metal who are actually dickheads like they, they get called out pretty quick. They, they, they get called out pretty quickly if they are you know yeah i know i know i know i met some too but you know usually it's like uh it's um not not the the underground it's like the more mm -hmm. like uh ah. they are but they're not yet mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. i i got disrespected many many times uh and as long as uh, as i breathe i will never ever treat people like uh i got treated you know so yeah i, I don't yeah. care man it's, I, I call it like uh the, the the small dick disease you know like yeah. there's probably some things hey, that hey. you know they, they they wanted to prove but you know they they haven't proved or something because i met some of the yeah. best musicians in the world that are the coolest people ever Tour. you know mm -hmm. stanton mm -hmm. moore the, the the legend you know funk legend man he's mm -hmm. he's a legend virtual donati you know uh we 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 chat on the phone you know and i'm i, I feel so lucky to consider these guys like uh, my friends you know it's so cool so oh, if yeah. they are cool we at least have to be as cool as we can. You know? Exactly. Right. right. Good exactly. point, dude. Yeah, that's really inspiring. I love that. Yeah. And dude, that's yeah. what, that's exactly why you are you, George, and you're awesome, bro. Thank Hell you yeah. so much for this Thanks time so much, again. Guys. Respect, dude. And you, uh, yeah, hit all those uh, areas that we just talked about on the internet, and uh, we will be back uh, very soon. We're gonna be doing yeah, back on the Thursday schedule. Yep, we'll be here Thursday. Cool guys. Well, uh, thanks to everybody who's been hanging out with us today. Thank you to you as a listener if you're listening to this after. And uh, RIP Trevor, guys. Absolutely. Rest in peace, Trev. We love you. And uh, show your love to everybody that you love. Don't, don't hide it. Just show it. All right. Rock on, guys. We will see you next week. And uh, have an awesome rest of your Sunday. Peace out.